You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, Jake's in the hospital. <laughs> what? He is. He is. I, I'm emotional. That, that, I just wasn't ready for you publicly uh, to say well, that. I didn't even I mean, listen, say, like, listen. oh, you can speak on it. I, like, the, he the might whole... not make it. Right. Well, the whole thing is, uh, I think people will will feel his absence if we don't acknowledge immediately that Jake's not here right now. Uh, Jake is sick. He's not dying. As far as I know, I don't think he's dying. He's, he's still, uh, te- he's, he's texting us, but he's been in the hospital for like two days. He's been really sick. So, uh, the text felt weak though. They didn't feel like someone whose soul is strong, almost like they're <laughs> holding on. There are faint messages. They didn't yeah. sound like Jake. They didn't sound like Jake. Do you think that someone's texting for Jake because, because of his health? I think he's out in a hospital bed and the nurse is like writing these messages and he's like awaking from his coma, like, you know, once every 24 hours. And he's like, tell Jared and Tyler, it's going to be okay. This is how we're going to record. Just that's what we got to do. And then it's just out. He passes right back out. That's why Jake's the best. He's, uh, he's, he's on his deathbed in a hospital. He's getting fluids. Um, he's battling right now. Jake's battling, but so are the socks. And that's why. We're going to talk about him because that's what Jake would want. Jake Jake would want that. In his place today is Jeremy, who uh, has been crushing it for us. J-Dog. No, no, no. He doesn't want you to call him that. No, no, he likes that. So for people who don't know, Jeremy is my Jake. Like, Jared always has Jake on his side. No, no, Me no. and Jeremy I think, formed I think, a connection almost immediately. I think what you probably want to have happen is for Jeremy to be your Jake. So it's almost like you're trying to speak it into existence. Jeremy never agreed to this at all, really. We're so. neighbors. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We never agreed on J-Dog either. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Are you Tyler. Shut the Jeremy, fuck you're up. doing this two minutes. You're <laughs> yeah. doing this two minutes yeah. into the podcast. Yeah, he you're is. worse than Jake. Yeah, he <laughs> this is. This is so mean. <laughs> yeah. He'll turn right off the bat. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all. I mean, listen, it's happening all over again. Listen, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use I'm not gonna I'm not gonna weaponize Jeremy against you today because we're all we're all grieving right now because Jake is in the hospital and he's sick and uh, you know we're trying to we're trying to like today should be the day that we bond you know five straight wins Red Sox sweep the A's positive vibes and I'm gonna shake your hand virtually. And say truce. I'm not going to. I'm not going to weaponize Jeremy against you. I'm gripping your hand really tightly and firmly right now. <laughs> you think I'm, I'm holding on to it? Maybe a little too long. You think you think that I would weaponize him against you? That's what you've done to Jake. No, Jake. Oh, so Jake can't think for himself. The man's dying. And I, you're, you're think, you, you said he's a brainless idiot. I, all I'm saying is I think you are incentivizing Jake behind the scenes in order to get him to agree with some of your awful takes. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. 
Jake Jake thinks for himself. And Jeremy's nodding. I think he's agreeing with me. Speak up, J Dog. I don't like J Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up, Tyler. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, Jake's not going to though. Jake, I'm is, just going through a lot. Unlike Bullet, Jake's gonna pull through. He's a fighter, and uh, hopefully, we'll see him again real soon. Hashtag uh, Jake Strong. How do you feel about that? Hashtag. How do you feel about that? I, I think it'd be better. We need a better hashtag. I don't think Jake Strong is going to cut it. You don't think so? What would you do? I don't. I don't know. What's I don't. I like Jake Strong. Yeah. J- <laughs> this is awful. This is the worst. I hate everybody. Did you pick Jeremy for this, Jared? Did you find someone who would just hate me immediately? Jeremy is immensely talented. <clears throat> so, uh, of course, you know, when, when you lose Jake, Jake is incredibly talented. You have to replace incredible talent with incredible talent. That's how that works. Just that We want the show to go on, you know. I know that you would probably ask Jake to, to continue to do his job when he's in the hospital, but I didn't want to do that. So we go to Jeremy. I would never force someone to work if they're not feeling well. But I did think of an original hashtag that maybe could be a game changer. What is it? Hashtag pray for Jake. (laughs) (laughs) It's a terrible hashtag. (laughs) Why? Well, because now. No, it doesn't. Because now you are limiting the support group to just religious people, which, I mean, you've already offended those people. I, the tweets that we whoa, got today. Whoa. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, Don't I, read them. Yeah, I'm going to read it. There is a tweet that, <laughs> that got sent to us today. And, I mean, Tyler is going to get the show canceled. <laughs> this I just tweet, try to speak about my this, life experience. This tweet is from Sean. Who said, was able to finish the latest name redacted. And really, this bullshit <laughs> about the church prom, that's got to stop. There's children listening, probably. And they don't need exposure to that kind of lies. Tighten up. <laughs> lies? Yeah. Lies? I, Jeremy, listen. Jer- Jeremy, you've been to church prom, haven't you? Not once. <laughs> He's never even okay. heard of it. He's never even heard of it. Like, listen, but I'm there on, were people in I'm the subreddit talking about it. No, no, no. I'm on Sean's side. Sean was like, hey, like you're spreading lies about the church and it's, it's got to stop. I'm on, I'm, I'm on Team Sean here. These aren't lies about the church as a member of the church. Church is everywhere, actually. Yeah. Um, this is just something you find in, you know, more advanced religions and, and stuff like that. You advanced. Know, that so, so everyone else's devoted. religion is, in, is inferior to yours is what you're saying? No, no, no. It's more of a, oh, okay. you know, people okay. who are, yeah, just people who take, you know, it very, very, very seriously. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, did you hear the last the episode by any chance? I uh, still have to listen to it. So, not yet. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so, Tyler was talking about how uh, he went to church proms and he'd, uh, he, he drank holy water but he drew the line of tap water. Wouldn't drink tap water. Okay. And he, he'll have like Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever every single night. But he, he's like, I can't drink tap water. It's too unhealthy. That's, that's insane. 
That's absolutely. Nah, I agree. I agree. You know what's not You're insane? You're just mixing things here, and I'm not even going to address them because the people who are devoted to Tyler Milliken understand mm-hmm. the, the lies you're sharing. The you Milliken militia. You know what's not a lie? This episode is sponsored by Knockaround Sunglasses. Quality, polarized, affordable shades, including new MLB and U.S. women's soccer team pairs. Check them out at knockaround.com. Oh, all righty. I actually brought some Knockaround Sunglasses out here to Seattle, where I am for the All-Star game. Um, the MLB draft is going on right now. I was checking out the section 10 subreddit page and they were debating whether or not we were going to wait until the draft was over or if we were going to record before the draft. The answer to that question is we waited until the Red Sox (laughs) first round selection because Tyler and I, for as, uh, much of a baseball nerd Tyler is and for how involved I was, at least in the first round draft prospects, there's a very solid chance that whoever the Red Sox take in the second round, I'm going to be like, no idea who that kid is. Sorry. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I mean, I think maybe, that's maybe like not. 95% of people, though. Like, there's yeah. very few people who are going to go out and say, like, oh, yeah, in the second round. No, I'm not saying round, that we're underqualified. I'm not saying that, like, we're underqualified because we won't know who it is. I'm saying that there was no reason to wait until after the second round pick to be like, all right, now we can do the podcast. Now that we've reacted to the Red Sox taking fucking Steven McGlanigan from Arkansas. Whoa. Right. Uh, Just think back to Nick York. Nick York, first round pick. Nobody knew who the hell he was. MLB Network did not even know who he was. (laughs) They were struggling to get a package up when they took him a couple years back. Yeah. But Nick York, was he in the future scheme? Yes, he was. Starting second baseman. Yeah. Getting ninth. Nick York, Marcel Meyer, did, did uh, Shane Drohan get to pitch in the game? No. No, he actually didn't go to the game. They replaced him uh, with Luis Guerrero. Because he was hurt. Yeah, dealing with that calf cramp. He's back pitching. I think he actually pitched today. Guerrero hit 100. He faced one batter and had a strikeout. Wow. Look at that. I actually had that take the other day. I was uh, I was in the Kelly's drive-thru waiting to get my cheeseburger. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to fly out to actually, no, it was the day that I flew out. So it was yesterday. Like I got to fly to Seattle in a couple hours. Really got me thinking about the trip. And you know, what am I excited for on this trip? I was like, you know what I'm most excited for? I'm not even really excited for the all-star game itself. I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for the MLB draft. I'm way more excited about the future of this game than its current product. And I love the current product. That's not a, that's not a slight at the current product. I'm just more excited for uh, some of the names that went in this first round. And as as we are recording this podcast, uh, the San Diego Padres are about to make the 25th pick in the MLB draft. And the Red Sox. I think the coolest thing for me. Don't. Is... What? I think the I think the coolest thing for me is Jared's in a hotel room in Seattle, so expect us to be cutting each other on and off throughout this thing. My um, my earnest not but bad. But I think the coolest you've cut out a few times. I, I wouldn't go that far. Mm-hmm. And you're in two forty P. Back to my point. Um it's I think the fifteenth year it's been on MLB network now. Mm-hmm. And now it's no longer that little studio that you know everyone remembers watching over the years, where maybe they'd have like one or two, three guys sitting in that like it can't be little the 15th year. They, TV they debuted set in two thousand nine. They said it on the broadcast today. Well, they fucking lied. MLB Network debuted in 2009. Oh, yeah, that's not... Like, I just had my 15? 15... No, I just had my 15-year high year? school reunion. No. No. What year was that? 07. You're not good at math. 
I don't know. It's just cool. See the evolution of it. See now that it's an actual thing that people appreciate. It's on ESPN on top of that alongside MLB Network. Mm -hmm. It's like something people actually care about now for where a long time, even the people who liked baseball didn't even really care about the MLB draft. Well, it was hard. It was hard to not, I mean, not know who the players were. Uh, the Bryce Harper year, the Strasburg year, okay. Like people know who 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 they were going into the draft, but now you see fans getting excited about like the seventeenth pick in the draft. They're like, oh, I know who that is. People are starting to pay more attention. I mean, you're still going to get a ton of high school talent in the MLB draft. Some of the some of the college talent fell a little bit, uh, which we'll talk about the Red Sox pick in a moment here, but. Yeah, some of the, I mean, like, Max Clark, you kidding me? He's fucking nasty. 18 years old, throws 99, hit 646 this year. Like, that's, that's the, what, he went number three to Detroit? I actually saw some, yeah. like, Tigers fans upset about that. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, he, he is, uh, Max Clark's the real deal. Like, yeah, I, I understand that, like, there was a, there was a lot. You couldn't really miss the first five, six picks. Like there are there are a, a lot of dudes where it's like all right I'm happy with any one of these guys, um, but yeah the Red Sox picked at 16, 14? 14. 14. 14. 14. and they end up with Kyle Teal, who some some prior like maybe moments before it was announced that he had been taken by the Boston Red Sox some people were wondering how the Fuck, is this guy still available? How hasn't someone drafted Kyle Teal? How's he still out there? Those people are fucking geniuses, by the way. Anyone that was like, wow, here's a name. <laughs> here's, here's a name worth this discussing. Um, <clears throat> and then he did, right after that, right after that, he got taken by the Boston Red Sox, uh, which... I don't know how you feel about uh, the pick prior. Like, where, 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 where was your heart when, like, not like going into the draft? Like, no, no one has been taken yet. Where was your heart? Probably Matt Shaw out of Maryland. I, I think everyone, most Red Sox fans, <laughs> yeah. that was the name that got mocked to the most. But if I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, like, oh, I was. I, my heart was attached? No, because I think the reality was you look at the past couple years, you look at 2020 and you look at 2022, right? Both years where they go York, uh, Mikey Romero last year, underslot guys so that they could go bigger in the following rounds. You know, you end up with Blaze Jordan in 2020, Roman Anthony Just in got promoted, right? Look at how ridiculous uh, he's tearing up high A, seven homers already over No, Blaze. Didn't um, Blaze, Blaze I think just 15 got promoted? Games. Yeah, just got promoted today to yes. double A. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, him and uh, Wilkham and Gonzalez. But uh, no, that's the kind of thing you look at here. It's like, oh, if they were going to go under slot and spread money, sure. I liked Matt Shaw. I thought it was the easy pick, quote unquote, because big hit tool probably wasn't going to stick at shortstop, but an athletic kid, how can you not like it? You know, 43 walks, I think the 42 strikeouts this year. Sure. When you're talking about someone like Kyle Teal, who, you know, MLB Pipeline had his number seven on their big board. Baseball America had him at number 10. You're kind of sitting here and saying, all right, none of us thought this guy was going to be available at this pick. How can you not be excited about it? Right. I agree. Um, I, I, so you said you weren't emotionally attached to Shaw. I didn't tweet it. I didn't because no. I, I didn't I didn't want to put it out there. And then if he didn't get selected by the Red Sox to 
have um, people like rub it in my face if like I I I didn't want to like not be excited about who the Red Sox ended up drafting, if that makes sense. Like, if I put all my eggs in the Shaw basket and then the Red Sox took someone else that I was also excited about, because there are plenty of players where if they went out and drafted them, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, like pro- at least 15 names where if the Red Sox took that said player, I'd be like, oh, this is great. So I didn't want to publicly announce my emotional attachment to drafting Shaw. But after I went to Bourne, uh, we shot that Nesson episode, not this past Monday, but the Monday before and hearing some of the folks that play or, uh, are involved with the Cape league talking about this kid. They're like, yeah, he is a baseball robot. Like doesn't have social media. Doesn't like drink, doesn't party just baseball. That's all he cares about. And like describing some of the players that come through the Cape league and how, like, some of them are here to, like, showcase themselves for the draft. Some of them are there it's just to, you know, this is another stop along the way. Like, you know, I play for Team USA. I play college ball. I play travel ball. I do this. I play for the Cape League. Like, he got to the Cape League and not only wanted to be the best player, which he was. He won the Cape League MVP last year. But he also wanted to win. He was like, we're here. We're playing games. Why why wouldn't your goal be to to win the whole thing? And then Bourne won the whole thing. So, like, that's the type of player that the Cubs are getting. Like, I'm I'm envious of the Cubs because <clears throat> like he was he was sold to me more by people that understood the the DNA of the player. Obviously, I don't know as much about Kyle Teal. Like there were players that I got to meet and interview, so I got to know them directly. And then in the case of Shaw, uh, getting to hear about him from those who played with him or saw him play or were around him playing last year. So that I guess that's where like the uh, the emotional attachment part of it comes from. But reading all like the mock drafts and reading about you know top ten picks and guys that were going to go in certain spots, you have to still be excited about Kyle Teal, which I am. So. Because also, like you know, you look at like the Blake yeah, like, Mitchell attachment. Like it's 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 not about and that I know that like some I'm not I'm not fan shaming. I'm not fan shaming, but some of the newer baseball fans. Like I remember when the Red Sox would uh, what what year is it? Uh, uh, Devin Marrero was like 2012 or something like that. Like whatever year that like, they, they would draft at a certain position. And then be like, why would they draft a shortstop? Like, we already have a shortstop. Because that's not how it works. Like, players change positions. Um, You know, they drafted. Especially, like, it's like the shorts. That's the shortstop conversation. Like, the people that want to meme Haim. It's like, oh, he's obsessed with these shortstops every single year. No. They're the best athletes. Like, most athletic player. When you grew up and played Little League, where did the best player on the team play? Played shortstop. Shortstop, center field, pitch. That's how it kind of is. Yeah, that's it. uh, it, Yeah, so like you're not drafting like in the case of Marcel Meyer though, it kind of was that way. You know, when you're drafting a shortstop, it's like, well, we already have Xander Bogarts, and I thought we wanted to pay him. Well, uh, it turns out that I think that they they do feel good about what they have in Marcel Meyer. Uh, He he needs to pick it up in Double A. The numbers are not that good. I think you know people haven't realized that. I think we look at the Mm. the numbers before the promotion were outstanding. The numbers since the promotion have not been that good. What you're gonna disagree with that? 
there's been some bad Babbitt luck down there. I'm, oh, I'm not overly concerned. Spare me. I, spare me. I still feel pretty spare good. Spare me. He's, in, he's hitting like 196 with like a six something OPS. Like yep. those are not good numbers. But still pops there. I'm not worried. He just I'm not got worried double either. A. It's going to take some time. I'm not worried either. Like I'm not saying like, oh, no, no. I'm not worried. I'm just saying the numbers in double A haven't been good yet. Um, but the Red Sox were attached to Blake Mitchell. 186 Babbitt, by the way. 186. 300 is league average. All right. Uh, Blake Mitchell, the Red Sox were attached to him. I think he went eighth to the Royals. Which was the team that Kyle Teal had been connected to most throughout the draft process. Yeah. Like, if you look up Kyle Teal, Royals fans were begging for him this morning, saying, like, it begins tonight. Kyle Teal is going to lead the next, you know, great Royals team. He'll be the replacement for Salvador Perez one day. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I've said this on the podcast, and a listener pointed out they actually apologized when Blake Mitchell went to the Royals on the eighth pick, they were like, sorry, man. Like, I know how, like, excited you were about maybe getting Blake Mitchell. And You could hear it in your voice during the podcast that they, yeah. like, you're like, damn, like, I see it in this kid. Like, yeah. he, he connected with me. Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, um, same thing with, like, Enrique Bradfield, though. Uh, I'm excited for him. He, he ended up going to Baltimore, I think, with the 17th round pick. Not round, seventeenth uh, overall pick, um, but yeah, I mean, either way, I'm happy about it. Like, there's plenty. There was plenty of guys that, if their name got called when the Red Sox picked at fourteen, that I would have been happy. And Teal was one of them. And I just, I think that was a big thing. I was just surprised that he was still there at fourteen. So, I think with Teal, the other thing is it's like it's a college player, right? Like the last three years, we've gotten really in the habit of these like long-term plays like Nick York, high school, Marcel Meyer, high school, Mikey Romero, high school. It was always kind of sitting here and saying, all right, well, it's nice to get these prep bats, but they're, you can't even start to think about them. Teal, like that's a guy you hope moves through the minor leagues pretty quickly here. And I know people will be like, well, you got Connor Wong. Yeah, you do. But this is a guy with a strong hit tool, cannon behind the plate. There's a little bit of a in-between for him with the power and the batting average spot. Uh, you know, some people thought this past year he was trying to find a little bit more pop in it. We'll see where it plays out. I saw the Jason Kendall comp on him quite a few times. I think the broadcast mentioned it as well. But he's an athletic kid, and he has some of those Shaw-esque qualities we're talking about here where leader kind of like a freak on the field you look at some of his moments where you know that grand slam that everyone's posting going bonkers with his teammates once he got to the plate um but he has all the attributes you want in a catcher we'll see what the ceiling ultimately is but this is a guy you can actually look at and say i could picture him being on the red Sox. you know 2025 it's not you know when you took nick york we're in 2023 it's like oh hopefully we get to see nick york in 2024 so you didn't have any one singular guy that you were like, mm, like you don't want to put it out into the universe because you don't want to look like an idiot if they don't take him. But there wasn't like one singular guy that you were like, I really hope they fucking take this guy. Shaw would have been that guy for me. I, yeah. I think with a lot of people, I, I just thought it was the safe pick and the good hit tool. Like I'll be there. Like Chase Dolander was I sitting there saying, smoking that pipe dream a little bit. Like oh, imagine if it somehow happens and he lands to you. You know, a la Jay Groom in some ways, but. You know, I, I've been scarred so many times over the years where, like, you get excited about some of these guys, and it's like, you know, y y like, I remember in 2021, I was a Jack Leiter fanboy, dude. If you go and Bro. look at the tweets I was posting about Jack Leiter, like, I was one of those guys. 
in. I was ever the since guy. I fucking me. I started tweeting about him during the fucking pandemic. So <laughs> when when I was um I was in Arizona for the combine. And do you follow youth prospects on Instagram? I don't think so. No. Do that. So there's an account called Youth Prospects. And it's just two kids. They're like in their early 20s and they travel around to like all like the showcases and they go and take video of all the amateur players and they upload it on Instagram. So you can kind of like that's how you get to know the prospects before they start talking about them on MLB Network and ESPN and like whatever. So that's when I discovered Jack Leiter. So I was on Youth Prospects and was tweeting about him back in 2020. And then that was before his big season at Vanderbilt. And I, he was telling me, because like Youth Prospects was the Instagram account that uh, they, I forget what mic it was, but it was kind of like a shotgun mic that they had on their camera. And they were behind home plate for a bullpen that he was throwing. And his fastball sounded like a fucking cruise missile. Like I, I'll find the video and I'll play it for you because it's, it's ridiculous, like, what it sounded like. So I didn't know that he was Al Leiter's kid when when I saw the video. I just – I saw the mechanics. I saw his fucking huge-ass quads. Um, and then I heard the fastball, and I was like, oh, damn, like, this kid is different. Listen, listen to this. <laughs> Whoosh. Um, Good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's terrifying. I don't. I, I know Tyler. You've probably never fucking <clears throat> stood in the batter's box against anything faster than sixty-five miles an hour. But not when wrong you, when you. Get in the box. Like, I think the fastest I've ever seen is, like, low 90s. That's probably, like, 96, 97, whatever the fuck he throws. But and there's just a difference. Like, there are fastballs that just sound angry, and his sounds angry. So I was all in. And this was Coley's wedding night. So Coley gets married, and I'm in the wedding. And his wife is like, Jared, no, like, no phone during the actual ceremony. Oh. The Red Sox were playing a game. The Red Sox were playing a game, and then the uh, draft was that night during the reception. So I was like, all right, I won't like stream the game during the ceremony, but I was like, I'm going to be locked in for the draft during the reception. Like, is that fair? She's like, fine. You can, you can be on your phone for the draft, but no streaming the game during the actual wedding. And I was like, fine, that's fair. So I am at this wedding reception, Coley's wedding, just have all my emotions tied to Jack Leiter and the Boston Red Sox. And then he went, what, two to Texas? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, fuck, fuck. Like he was, I mean, he's not doing great now. Like his numbers are not very oh, good. No. no, but over five year A double A this year. The strikeouts are good though. Like he has like eighty something, like eighty five strikeouts in like sixty four innings or something like that. Uh, but the yeah, walks he, are just. I think it's like five point five per nine or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he figures it out. Though, that's he's electric. 
Yeah, and he's 23 already. So, like, that's how fast you see, like, the clock start to move on some of these guys. But, yeah, that's why at this point in time, like, the reason why I get so excited about someone like Teal is I'm a catcher fiend. Like, catching prospects, that's what gets Tyler Milliken excited. Uh, Blake Swihart fanboy all the way through. This is the first time they've gone this early on a catcher since Blake Swihart. Uh, so that's the stuff you get excited about. And I think with Teal here, like there's a real chance you could say him and Wong could be a platoon here for a very long time. Like that's something you dream on. And we've seen with Connor Wong having a really good first full year in the big leagues. It's hard to ask much more. Had a nice moment in today's game uh, at the very end. But yeah, I, I think Teal's exciting because it's someone who you can picture in the timeline of the somewhat current Red Sox. Yeah. This isn't that long-term play that you kind of have to sit and wait for. And we'll see. I, I Give me a good hit tool, a guy with strong like metrics behind the plate. I think I posted the stat right before I hopped on. You know, we're talking about his framing ability, like all these things people get into catching today. It's a 154 framing plus. You know, league average mark is 100. That means he was 54% better than the average mark amongst D1 catchers. So, like, this is a guy who's coachable, who has those real traits. This isn't Nathan Hickey where, oh, he can friggin' mash at the plate, but he's thrown out one base runner in an entire season this year, and there's no chance he sticks there. This is a true catcher, and I'm not saying he's Adley Rutschman or anything like that, but you see the impact a really good catcher can have on a baseball team, especially moving forward. You know, look at how we felt about Jason Veritek all those years. This is the stuff you get excited about. And you go back, I think Veritek was the 14th overall pick in his draft uh, all those years back. Obviously, that's the Mariners, but a nice little kind of connection you can draw there as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So there you go. Kyle Teal is the pick by the Boston Red Sox. Um, I'll also add a part of their farm system that, you know, they in recent years haven't had a ton of depth there. Um, it's gotten a little bit better uh, recently with some of their drafts, you know, including last year. But I don't know, I, like Brooks Brandon, who's gotten off to a really good start down in Salem this year. I think he has three home runs in like his first six games or whatever it is. But it's really Brooks Brandon and now him. Like those are the two names there. So that's a part of their system that needed help. You can see now what they can kind of do with it. Where are we at on the board right now? Uh, they're almost at the competitive balance round A. Um, <clears throat> all right. This MLB season, you can turn every Red Sox win into a win for Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Join me in our efforts to strike out cancer by pledging a donation to the Jimmy Fund for each Red Sox win this year, of which they have been many re <coughs> recently. <clears throat> Sign up today, and DraftKings will match each donation up to $25,000 total. Every dollar makes a difference in the lives of cancer patients and their families in Boston and around the world. Visit pledgeit.org slash jimmyfund to make your pledge today. That is pledgeit.org slash jimmyfund to make your pledge today. Uh, together, we are all Jimmy. I think the, tele the telethon's coming up soon, right? Yeah. Should I have Jake do the uh, Blue Moon read from his hospital bed? <laughs> I you bet think he, he has the it. energy? <clears throat> yeah. Just absolutely cook me in a hospital bed. That would actually be very funny. That would be very funny. I would. Uh, Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. I mean, why not? 
That would be that would be such a great move from Jake. Anyways, uh, baseball fans, you could be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Open up the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to one hundred percent. Step up to the plate right now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. I hit another parlay, by the way, and it was a uh, Red Sox. I, I usually try to stay away from Red Sox parlays because um, I, you know, it's impossible to not bet with your heart. But uh, I've just been so hot, like hitting virtually every single parlay that I just piss out. And I was like, you know what? It's the A's. Why not? Why not dabble? Do a little dabble in Red Sox parlay. If the Red Sox can pad stats, why can't you? That's what I'm saying. Like, is that cheating to keep my parlay no. streak going to, to use the Red Sox against the Oakland A's? That's the right thing to do. If you're going to have to watch the Oakland A's play baseball, no offense to Dallas, kind no, of offense, like offense. you need to get something out of it. Yeah. I think uh, I think you're 100 percent right. Um, so let's... do I look crazy in the video? Do I look crazy, Jared? You always you look the same as you always do. I don't know what that means. I'm burning. I'm sweating. This is a workout for me right now. Why you not have? Oh yeah, you have to shut off the air conditioner I, I... when you record because it gets picked up on the mic. Yep. It's 84 degrees in this room right now. Oh no! I'm sorry. I'm bad, dude. We're watch. We're gonna watch this thing play out. All right, well, we don't have to, I mean, we don't have to go super long or whatever. No, we're going long. I want to sweat. <clears throat> I didn't work out today. Oh, and again? Huh? What? What did you say? I didn't say anything. Jeremy, what did he say? I, I, I really didn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say anything, dude. Please tweet at me what Jared said. I, I didn't hear, and I, I'd like to know what, what, what was passed along. Oh, you don't go back and listen to the podcast so we have an extra download? Some team player you are. Uh, I do, but I sleep during it. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> uh, the Red Sox swept the Oakland A's, which uh, you didn't have the balls to pick, right, if I recall? No, because I, I – listen, hand up, I said – and, and this were, is one of the things I give them credit for. I'm about because to Because a lot of people are like let – me de- Let me defend you. I'm going to defend you Take right the here. wheel. You were suspended from picking sweeps. That is true as well. Yeah. I have been banned. Yeah, you, you were banned from uh, picking a sweep. I think we forgot uh, about part that at the time. But... Well, because whenever I felt pretty confident, I was like, oh, shit team coming in. You know, the Cardinals, when they were awful, I was like, oh, this is an opportunity. The Rockies, the frigging Colorado Rockies, yeah. uh, the White Sox, just, what, a week and a half ago or whatever it was. Every single time you needed them to go clean up on a bad baseball team, it somehow ended up leaving you crying. Like, there was shit running down the Red Sox leg every time. Yeah. In this series, it really didn't feel like that. The last game got a little weird early on, but, you know, Yoshida does what he does, and you end up winning that ball game. It was just nice to end the first half on a note where, you know, you didn't have a devastating injury the last game of the series or something went awfully wrong. It was just three games where they cleaned up, with two of them being bullpen games, like, this is best-case scenario. You feel great going into the All-Star break. I don't know how anyone could argue with that. I feel I feel amazing going into the All-Star break. I saw some weird takes from people being like, 
oh, man, this is the worst time to have a winning streak because now they're going to cool off during the All-Star break. Bro, what? Like you, This is the best way to go into the All-Star break. You're, you're winning every single game. You get the best record over the last calendar month in the league. And uh, What are we going to complain about when the, when the winning streaks come? Fuck it. Oh, by the way. <clears throat> oh, my God. I didn't have them ready, you dickhead. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's you on, on you. on purpose? This, yeah, this embarrassment is so that you learn to have them fucking ready. You need to... This is like... This is, uh, this is a lesson. I'll play the song Jesus. for fucking 20 minutes while you look for your haikus. I'm a little insecure about the haikus right now. Why? I'm not going to lie. I, I, I said it was your best project. I No, that did make me feel better, but the subreddit is not being very nice. They, they're they not say? happy with the haikus. They're disappointed. Say? They well, don't like that they rhyme. I don't, I don't particularly love that either. They don't have to rhyme. That's, that's how haikus so are. You're, you're anti-rhyme? I'm indifferent. I wish, you know, if if it hits harder without the rhyme, then it hits harder without the rhyme. You're not a you're not a rapper. You're a haiku artist. Let me spit this shit, and you can tell me after. All right? All right. Okay. I'm waiting. People Ooh. are waiting. Chang. Back with the bang. Bullpen games. Not a problem. Pavetta got him. Four dubs in a row. It's the Jaron Duran show. Paxson just deals, yo. I didn't love that one, but go ahead. All-star break is here. Masa's power should be feared. Sox vs. A's ain't fair. Haikus by Tyler Milliken. Wow. I loved... I loved... We haven't gotten this far in the song. This is, this is beautiful. Um, <laughs> I love the first one and the third one, but yo is not a word. That shouldn't count. It's not a word. Why not? Because it's not a fucking word. Jeremy, is yo? it a word? Is yo a word? Try hey. <laughs> All right. That is 10 times worse than whatever I would have wrote. So, so Jeremy's recommendation here is four dubs in a row. It's the Jaron Duran show. Paxton just deals hay. That's fucking trash. At least it's a word, dude. Jeremy. I like it. That, I like it. Yo is a, yo, a word. You never yo said yo to word. someone? No. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying. Yo, it, big dog. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not like, uh, like it's something that we use in speech, but it's just not like a word, you know? <clears throat> Used to greet someone, attract their attention, or express excitement. Oxford Dictionary. I didn't. You love it. incompetent fool! It, I, it, it was a crutch word. It was a crutch word in in that haiku. It was. You know how hard it is to to develop this kind of haiku every day. That I'm fresh. not saying. I, I'm, I'm banned to from words. You. I'm trying to get you to be better. If I just coddled you and every single haiku, I was like, "Yay, Tyler, this is the best haiku I've ever heard." Then you would you would you wouldn't get better. You'd be like, oh, I'm the best haiku it, it, guy in the world, so I don't need to improve. You, you need to improve every single time. The people need your Red Sox haikus. And if the Red Sox continue to get better, why does Tyler Milliken think that he doesn't have to get better at haikus? Why? 
All I'm saying is when you hear like guys will freestyle, they got a couple like they got starter bars. They got a couple bars they get off that aren't that aren't super fire. They ain't crazy. Other rappers have probably said them before, but you're, you know, you're not a you're rapper. Going. You're a I high- am. I'm spitting heat. No, you, okay. Sometimes you're what do you heat, think but- the first haikus? The first haikuers, uh-huh. the first haiku writers ever. Yeah. They they are today's modern day rappers or haikuists. No. No, there's no. Yeah, Shakespeare part. would be spitting crazy bars today if he was alive. Shakespeare's Wait, not, did Shakespeare didn't write poems. No, uh, no, Edgar no, Allan, no, not Edgar Allan Poe wrote poems. Who's a famous poet? Edgar Allan. Did he him? Yeah. Edgar Allan Henry Henry Thoreau. Robert was that the Frost. Guy that was in Robert section? Frost wrote poems. He be spitting. He be spitting. Yeah. I'll get better. Isn't um, so? You know what? What. I'm going to make a declaration right now. What? There will be no rhyming on the haikus for the next series. Well, now now I feel like you I can't feel limited stop by the rhyming. Because they have a uh, Oh, you feel limited. So you 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 don't want to rhyme. Why did you just die on that hill then if you don't want to rhyme? Because that's what the people So the section nope. 10 Reddit does not like the rhyming, but the Twitter likes the red, or the Twitter likes the bars. They're what? like, "Oh, they all rhyme. Let's fucking go." Tyler I need you to I need you to listen to what I'm about to say to you, okay? Speak to me, papa. Are you listening? <laughs> yes, papa. Okay. Never take criticism from someone that you wouldn't ask advice from. Okay? Did you make that up? No. CM Punk said that. Never take criticism from someone that you wouldn't ask for their advice. So when you have Twitter saying that you're great and you have Reddit saying that you suck, you write the haikus that make you feel good in here. You write those haikus from from here. And if, what are if you it, pointing at? My heart. Oh. See? You're grabbing your breast. Yeah. You write those haikus from in here. You're rubbing it. And if they make you feel, if they make you feel warm and fuzzy, then you did your job. Yeah. Don't touch yourself while I'm touching myself. That's weird. (laughs) We're touching ourselves together. Jeremy, touch yourself. (laughs) Jeremy. Jeremy. (laughs) Not going to do that. Yeah. (laughs) We were having a moment. We were having a moment. You ruined it. You ruined it. You ruined it. Sorry. You ruined it. So. But that's just, that's got to be what it's got to be moving forward with the haikus, okay? Just keep it coming. It's kind of like, what movie was that? Was it We Were Soldiers? Yeah, I think it was We Were Soldiers. Did you ever see that movie, Jeremy? Obviously, Tyler didn't. He's a fucking idiot. Great movie. Great movie! So he's, he's calling in the, the, uh... The uh, what are those called? What are those fucking called? Why am I blanking on what those are called? They're fucking um, you're, the army. Is that what you're referring? No, to? it's like the, it's the codes for like where you are geographically. Coordinates. Sure, he's calling in the coordinates, uh, for airstrikes. And um, 
he calls in the wrong ones, and then the American plane just napalms the fuck out of a fleet of American soldiers. And, and uh, then he, like, the general has to be like, all right, you fucked that one up, but, like, okay, you're, do- you're still doing a good job. Like, you just got to focus. You just got to focus and, and get the next one right. That's that's you. Like that Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did fine after that. But, you know, accident, you know, misfires happen and when you're calling in the the coordinates, uh the GPS coordinates, um so you you you're you're just you're trying your best out there. That's all I'm saying. You're going to get those coordinates right. You just got to keep keep powering through. That's a sad story. Yeah, but the the good thing is he didn't do it again. That's that's you. You're about but to like what what did he tell the people that like the ones he did it to? Oh, they were big dead, so it didn't matter what the, he said. They were dead. They melted. Did he feel bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was super bummed about it. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Can we go back to the Red Sox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oakland A's, right? Um, Not a good baseball team. Not a good baseball team. Uh, Me and Jake were smart enough to predict a sweep, and we were correct. Obviously, two smartest people on the podcast. Uh, The fact that the Red Sox were able to sweep this series, I know it's against the A's. I get it. But it's not like the A's the, the A's haven't even been playing horrific baseball. Like let me go back to uh let's see, when was their twenty twenty-three Oakland Athletics schedule? I'm gonna give you a list of teams that the Oakland A's have had a better record than uh for a sample of games. When was that winning streak? Let's see. June sixth. They were coming off yeah, they were coming off two straight series wins. One yeah, against they... the Tigers, one against the White Sox. That same White Sox team that just beat you up. Yeah. What's today? July 9th? Today's July 9th. Okay. But that series started when? It started on Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the Oakland A's, since June 6th, coming into that series, had a better record then the Astros, the Yankees, the Tigers, the Cardinals, the Texas Rangers, the Mets, the White Sox, the Nationals, Pirates, Rockies, and Royals. I mean, you would expect Pirates, Rockies, Royals to be in there. But the Oakland A's coming into that series against the Red Sox since June 6th had a better record or equal to the Padres, Astros, Yankees, Tigers, Cardinals, Rangers, Mets, White Sox. Nats, Pirates, Rockies, Royals. Yeah. Yeah. They're right there with the Rays. The Rays were 14 and 14. The Athletics were 13 and 14. Tied in the loss column with the Rays since since June 6th. Yeah, the, I, I think you look at it and you just say, like, this is what the Red Sox have not done this year. They have not cleaned up when they needed to clean up, especially when things have been going well. Like, this was the way you could cap off 8 and 9. You took – you know, care of business against a team like the Blue Jays. You do it against the Rangers. This felt like the ultimate 2023 Red Sox moment. Like, oh, they're going to go into the series. They're going to half-ass it, and we're going to somehow sit here and say, whether it was just one loss today where it would have been a little bit painful. Like, I think they dropped this last game. We'd all be a bit annoyed going yeah. into the All-Star break. Like, 
it was right there for you. You know what I mean? Like you could have easily taken that and instead it's not just the fact that you won, it's how you won these games. Like with the offense, especially in the first two continuing to just hit and hit and hit. They had seven straight games of 10 plus hits, but you know, you got clutch hitting today, something that escaped this team for a very long time. And then Jaron Duran continuing to just put on an absolute show on the field. Like, you're getting the same pieces of the future that you can kind of get excited about, this core that you're dreaming of looking forward. It's shining a bit. You're seeing them kind of show you the reason why the Red Sox are, can be fun, why they have hope. And, you know, if I told you before opening day that at the All-Star break you were five games over 500, you were within two games of a playoff spot, within two games of being in third in the AL East, you would take that immediately. You would say, wow, the Red Sox held the fort. And that's before even telling you about the injuries. This is with every injury that's popped up this year. So many pieces going down. You're in the middle of this conversation. It was always about making it until Trevor Story got back. Well, hey, you're, what, 93, 94, whatever, how many games they are into the season. Credit to Bloom, Credit to Alex Cora. Credit to everyone there. This team has done what they've needed to do with, you know, so many obstacles popping up. There were so many moments where we thought it was going to kind of go off the rails. It seems like they've made it to the point where now there are reinforcements coming back. You're going to get your Pablo Reyes, John Schreiber's right around the corner, and that it just kind of goes from there. Hopefully, Hulk isn't too far, and then Whitlock. And, you know, before you know it, it's Trevor Story. You can say, all right, I see where this team can really, you know, compete and try to be in that wild card conversation until the final weeks of the season, or at least until the trade deadline. Well, the Yankees lost again today. And that's the other stuff. It's like you don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Judge. That has completely changed this conversation. Well, Aaron Boone told about me where he's they not could going go. back until 2036. That's what he said. <laughs> but, but, like, that's the stuff. The picture has somewhat changed a little bit here. The Rays and some of the things they're dealing with, their losing streak. Like, all right, you know, Alec Manoa is obviously back with the Blue Jays. We'll see how that plays. But they've been disappointing. You know, the Angels, Mike Trout being out with the Hammett Bowen injury. There's a reason to be in this conversation. Some of these teams you're competing directly with are taking significant hits. It feels like the Red Sox are trending up when some of those teams are going sideways or going down. This is you you are where you want to be right now. You know, it's not perfect, but for a team that's just trying to be competitive, anyone would have taken this at the All-Star break. Anyone. The Red Sox are 5 games over 500 going into the break. Like that's that's fucking crazy to think about. Like where they were and, if I told you two weeks ago, you would have told me to shut up. No, yeah, I, I genuinely would have because it, it's – and listen, I'm not saying that it's onward and upward from here either. They could come back in the second half and lose six straight, and it wouldn't shock me. Like, that's what this team has been all year. You're at or around 500. If you get five, six games up over 500, well, all that means is that you're going to come crashing back down to earth at some point. Uh, I, I hate to think that way, but that's – how this team has taught us to to think, you know, like that, that there's they've given us no reason to think that there's any consistency coming around the corner. Uh, to your point, I think the consistency could come with getting healthy. Like that's that's where the consistency comes from. It's it's Trevor Story coming back, getting uh, stability at, at a major position like shortstop. It's the John Schreiber's of the world getting healthy. It's the Tanner Houks coming back and getting healthy. 
that's how you get stability. That's how you get consistency is getting your good players back. And you're that, that's going to happen. It's not like some pipe dream where you're like, yeah, you know, like this guy, his timetable looks like it could be late August. You know, we're hoping for early August, but, you know, optimistic would be like, you know, first week of September. Like that's not happening. Like you're getting guys back and you're getting them back soon. But I know that you saw the same tweet that I saw today. And you know what? Let's call him. Let's call him. Cause I don't I, know what tweet you're talking about. Let's see. Oh, did it just go through this time? That's weird. Oh, this is Katia. Draft hotline. <laughs> um, I got a question for you, Chris Catillo of MassLive.com. And hold hold on, you guys! You guys got to hear what I heard, what I found out about Dustin Turner's walk-up music this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the worst tweet of all time, I think. Oh no, I'm worse. Yeah, but like did, were, that wasn't even like a troll though. Like you were genuinely like, "Wow, can you believe it? Like this this walk-up song is uh, it's it's almost like an homage to his real life situation." It either was a realization like, oh, my God, holy shit, he's from California, and now he's in Boston, mm-hmm. and something about the weather, or or I have a feature story coming, and that was like one of those kind of build height, kind of a tease, and I was just trying to play the long game. Mm-hmm. It was one of those two. It was definitely the first thing I said, but mm-hmm. it would be cool if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you would look far less stupid if it was like an inside thing and not you just discovering something can, hold, can you can you give me one second caleb Ward's calling oh is he really i actually like yeah. caleb Ward. i actually like caleb Ward. there's someone that he I did a nice like. thing with his hair yeah 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 yeah. he cut his hair off uh hero yeah. hero um socks haven't lost since <clears throat> yeah i mean they haven't lost since since threads debuted either but no one's they haven't anything. lost since, they haven't lost since i figured out why justin turner walks up to that yeah, that's true. That's also true. There's yeah. a bunch of things going on here. Um, you had an interesting tweet this morning, or at least mm-hmm. it was probably uh, afternoon where you are. I'm, I'm on the West Coast. I have interesting tweets every day, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, you had an interesting tweet at 11, 18 a.m. West Coast time. Uh, do you want me to read it? Sure. I mean, there's so many candidates. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Um the Red Sox have not been afraid to shake up the roster coming out of the break before. In 2021, Duran and Hauk were called up on the first day of the second half. Have to wonder if Kike Hernandez is designated for assignment by the time they get to Wrigley. Is that, is that something that... Because um, I know how I word tweets sometimes where I'm like... Gee whiz! Yeah, I wonder. You have, you have bullshit dreams, and you're not a journalist. This was just this was speculation too. I mean, it was. Uh, but I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's that far off. I mean, he is statistically the worst player in the majors. He's got the worst WAR. Defensively, he's been horrible. Offensively, like the worst player in the majors. And they have a roster crunch coming up where you have you know pretty much two spots for Kike Arroyo and Pablo Reyes. So I know Pablo Reyes isn't. Um, the, like the greatest player of all time, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, in a perfect world, would they just trade him? Sure, but you might have to DFA him to 
start that process. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I think Reyes is going to keep rehabbing and then they're going to have to make a decision. But, I mean, he seems to me like the odd man out. I mean, you're not going to, you don't need him to play outfield. Chang's back. He's going to play short all the time. Arroyo gives you some, you know, big hits and Reyes has been fine. And I don't know. It just, uh, just feels to me like it, it could be the end. I mean, he, the stats kind of speak for themselves. And, uh, so no, it wasn't like, you know, someone told me, Hey, we're going to, we're going to DFA Kike on Friday. Not nothing like that. I just think if you do the math. It makes a lot of sense. I guess, I guess you're right. Um, I'll, I'll throw in but the it, other it, thing, it right? Comes like down that to, it little... comes down to if you think, if you think Reyes is actually like a better player and they started Reyes at that short over Kike when those were the best two options, which tells you they think he is. So, I don't know. It is interesting. What were you going to say over there, Tyler? Well, Kike, and I think Katia was the one who tweeted this. They asked him about the reset for sitting a couple days, and he basically Mm -hmm. said, like, agree to disagree on what it did for him. Like, for a guy in Alex Cora that's kind of had your back – for a lot of the season and, you know, rode you way longer than a lot of people would have. And even when Pablo Reyes was given that shortstop job, kind of took shots at Pablo Reyes and said, this isn't an everyday guy for him to go. Well, agree to disagree what that reset kind of was, or if I needed it, that makes me sit there and say, well, geez, like clearly he isn't super happy with the situation. So is this one of those things where, yeah, a mutual agreement to kind of go both ways. Obviously this isn't working out for either side. Like this is the best scenario for everyone. I mean, I can't speak to the core Kike relationship, which has always been great. I thought that was kind of weird because of how tight they are for him to, you know, there was the exchange was like, you know, I asked him, Alex told you that, or told us that I'm plugging you for a few days, probably, you know, is going to give you a mental reset. Do you feel that way? And he was like, yeah, um, hmm, yeah, I guess, sure. Let's go with that then. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not dealing with this. So so you, you mean no? And he was like, Mm, I guess agree to, <laughs> agree to dis agree to disagree. Okay, and you know, I mean, Gore is obviously aware of everything his players say. I thought it was, you know, kind of a weird thing considering, you know, like you said, he's had his back, and and I do think, you know, I, I don't know how Kike's role is in the clubhouse uh, with players or what his relationship is, you know, with Cora at this point. It's always been good. Like I said, I do think there are people kind of on the outskirts of the organization you know, in, in non-playing roles that, that the act is kind of worn thin. So um not exactly sure, you know, if he has lost teammates or um, coaches or whatever, but, you know, there's been some stuff I think that, you know, people have been irritated by. And, you know, there's some kind of antics that you can pull when you're hitting and when you're performing. But when, again, you have a negative 1.1 war, I think it's, it's harder to do that. That's fair. There's nothing. There's nothing unfair about that. Um, Chris, you, uh, oh, would you frame, would you frame that Chris, like more like the spring training kind of stuff that was going on with like Duke and some of those comments, or is it just kind of how he carries himself in general? No, I cause think, I re- yeah, like you just, go back and you know. like AC had told him at the time, like, you know, I, I didn't see it that way when you were speaking on the clubhouse from the previous year or whatever it was, it felt like he'd say some yeah. things and then. More often than not, Cora was walking them back a bit. I mean, and I'm too. I think, you know, there's a lot of times where his confidence, which is kind of like, you know, in a lot of ways what's made him very successful and what's made him a popular big leaguer, why fans in LA liked him and 
my fans in Boston liked him in 21, kind of that, you know, enthusiasm, um, willing to put himself out there, that type of stuff. I think it, it, you know, works sometimes. And Cora's always chalked it up to, you know, Kike says a lot of shit. You know, sometimes, uh, I agree with it. Sometimes I don't. Um, you know, but when, again, when you are in the position he's been in, you know, costing team game, teams, team games or whatever, it's just not, it's not, um, your leash is a little shorter, I guess. And, uh, you know, again, it's not, he's not that he's committing crimes or, or anything. And, um, but it's just kind of like, you know, there's some, um, he's been, I guess, a little too, uh, exuberant in some situations behind the scenes, I guess, or uh, not as respectful as he should be to people around him. And, you know, the organization's starting to become aware of that. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. That's a big deal. Yeah. So you think he's the odd man out then? I would not be shocked. I think if they could trade him and they have value for him, then then maybe. But um, you know, the yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's there's pieces on this roster that if you can flip for like a back end starting pitcher right now, and you try to trade Duvall, obviously Kike. Um, you know, I, I tweeted this the other day. This is kind of crazy considering how important he is right now. But and once you get healthy, your bullpen structure comes back. You flip Pavetta, try to sell high on him with a year and a half of control. Like those are the types of like buy sell moves they could make. Where you know not a central piece like Vasquez like a year ago, but you know Pavetta, Kike, uh, Duvall, you know some of these spare parts. Um, you know Arroyo is a guy in that mix for sure. You know these are guys that are like you know probably and again Kike might be on the DFA line, but guys who are you know not playing bad enough to. DFA, but you don't really have room for. I mean, I think we all agree they need to play Duran every day. When Story comes back in August, it's going to be even more crowded. So there's moves they can make, I think. Do you think that uh, Duran not playing against lefties is their belief that he can't hit against lefties, or is it we need to get Duvall at bats so that we can build up some value so that we can flip him? I always think that the showcase thing is a little bullshit this time of year, because it's like Adam Duvall's been in the majors for like 10 years. Is the team going to turn on the TV and, you know, see him homer today and be like, oh, shit, you know, like, <laughs> oh, we're going to, that's like, you know, I know he's hit like 150 for a month, but I think that stuff's a little overblown. I, I don't think that, you know, one game or a showcase at this time of year is going to change his value that much. Teams know that he can defend, they know he has for power, he can crush lefties, all that stuff. Um, the Red Sox stats tweeted at me today, which, you know, went in doubt. He's like Durant's hit like 145 against lefties since May 1st. So clearly, you know, the numbers are there. And, you know, they have the guys on the roster who can mash lefties. Ref Snyder is like the best hitter in the league against lefties. And obviously, he's, it's even tougher for him to get at bats with, you know, Duvall and Durant and everybody in the mix. So, you know, it's, uh, it's just, I think it's, it's legit. It's just, you know, I give, you know, I think fans are, you know, livid with Cora every time he doesn't play Duran or Casas in situations, but um, he's he's kind of stuck to his guns on this. Where it's like, you know, we're gonna put up, you know, matchups and and do that. He's done that for years, right? I mean, Devers didn't play in the World Series because, or at times because he wanted Eduardo Nunez to get matchups, and uh, it's been kind of the mo the whole time. Uh, that like you mentioned Casas, and I was gonna ask you about that next about how. Um... You know he'll he'll not be in the lineup on certain days, and maybe the matchup doesn't make sense for why he wouldn't be in the lineup. Do you think the Red Sox are sold 
on Tristan Casas and what do you think is behind uh, the inconsistent playing time of late? I mean, I think it's just, you know, trying to, I do think that they are sold. I think that the leash is, is super long here. I mean, the leash was super long on Dahlbeck and he, you know, I think if you look at or you ask anybody, Casas is a better player than Dahlbeck all around and has a higher ceiling and they gave Dahlbeck really, you know, a better part of, you know, two and a half plus years at the position. So I think with Casas, you know, the, the underlying numbers are so encouraging that you kind of have to be sold, whether it be on base percentage or, you know, the way he works in a bat, all that type of stuff. Um, the inconsistent playing time, I think it's just, you know, they can find ways to get creative to get these guys and all their, you know, bats in the lineup. And, you know, the Turner moving to second base thing, I think is, you know, potentially interesting too, because, you know, that is, you're looking at that point to try to get Casas in the lineup. You put Casas at first, Turner at second, which who knows how much they're going to do that. You know, like that's, that's another reason where they're talking, they have way too many middle infielders already and they're going to create another one in Turner. You know, that's why I kind of think that roster crunch is coming, whether it be, you know, who does that take set bats away from Kike, Arroyo, whoever. So I think Costas is going to play a lot. If they do that, they move Turner to second. They have one of the outfielders DH and then, you know, the other three obviously playing. So, I mean, for a team that's only five games over, like they have a kind of too many good players for spots right now, which is kind of a weird spot to be. Mm -hmm. If only those guys could be, starting pitchers you know yeah. that would be that would be huge if they could convert Verdugo right now it would kind of solve some problems yeah yeah that really is the crux of it is they've who who is the poor bastard that they had start the game today fucking some Taylor Taylor Scott he's Taylor South Scott. African he's South African I, I, I believe oh, you he's know the what? first South African Red Sox player ever yeah I think I, I think I met him the other day yeah. What, what gave it away? The accent that no one else in the history of the Red Sox organization has had? I think, like, someone asked him about being from South Africa. Like, and I was just, I, like, I, I, was, I was, like, half paying attention, and someone asked that question. I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Good for him. Good for, congratulations to him. Uh, you got anything else? You got, uh, got any other nugs, some, some tasty nugs for us? No, nothing yet. I mean... I, I am waiting for the Chris Cotillo Cinco de Mayo in July party, which has not been scheduled, as we discussed the other day. We did discuss And you, you, looked at, you, you looked at me like I had created this idea. I was trying to throw myself a party, but, you know, it Tyler, was, it you was your this? idea on a previous pod. Is, is he fucking with me? Did I actually do this? Do you remember it all, Tyler? It's not coming to mind. See, I think, I think he Are you fucking kidding with me? me. Yeah, I think he just, like, made <laughs> I think he's like, hey, I'm just going to go to Jared. This is what Dallas does to me, too. He's like, oh, yeah, you don't remember the bet that you lost to me? You get to buy me a jersey. And then I'm just like, I don't remember, so I just bought him the jersey. And I think Cotillo is like, oh, you don't remember that party that you said you were going to throw for me? And I'm like, I, I don't remember, dude. Sorry. And then I just end up throwing him the it was, uh it was, it was when I was in Atlanta, and we were talking about my exchange with Pavetta, that, that episode. And uh, we were talking about how we had missed Cinco de Mayo, very important holiday in the – country i'm not actually from and uh yeah. so that was uh that was the crux of it. if you want to go back and listen or maybe somebody could pull a clip then we'll figure it out i mean i i'll be honest bad timing though because i'm doing dry bad timing because i'm doing dry july though so why maybe in august why, why? yeah because why are you being it, healthy it, it, it rhymed and i kind of like saying it out loud dry july if I was if if I was doing my you know 
going out and having a few IPAs on the weekend, would I be able to rip off bangers like just realizing Justin Turner's walk-up song 90 games into the season? No. I guess. I don't know. I, I You did have a really sad post the other day about how, you know, like 2018 we would have been – well, you had to wait in line. I didn't. Uh, at the baseball tavern. Um, no, I always timed it right. Yeah, I'm saying like even if there was a line, there's no chance I was waiting in it. I was kind of like a big deal and could just walk right in mm-hmm. at the base. Yeah, so good, Bobby Pointer. So it's about the line. I remember that. That was that's where big yeah. that's where big balls came from. <laughs> <laughs> I remember be, my favorite. I mean, there's a lot of great memories from there. My favorite memory uh, baseball tavern was some the bouncers there used to be like they were you know guarding the capitol building Mm -hmm. and it was like and uh one of them screamed at me for looking at him one time like okay but uh one of the best moments ever i went there with a friend on like a friday night red sox weren't even there or maybe it was a thursday i think it was this makes sense thursday off day red sox not obviously playing no home game and they had this roped off vip section Mm -hmm. just in the middle of like the downstairs main area and so I like brushed up against the rope and this guy grabs me and he goes, you're not allowed to even go near there. Do you know who's, do you know who's in there? And I was like, yeah, it's Brian Johnson and Bobby Pointer. And like, that's, that's the VIP section. And so the VIP section that I then realized, and I like Brian Johnson, no disrespect to him was Brian Johnson, Bobby Pointer and David Pasternak, who's like a legitimate celebrity. He's probably like, who are these guys? Like, how do they get in here? But after being in the clubhouse every day for the entire season, it was awesome that the the uh, the bouncer decided you can't even go anywhere near them because they are, you know, having access to them would be the craziest thing in the world. <laughs> David Pot, you, I mean, let's be honest. David Pasternak is a great player, but I don't think that it's like we're, I'm going to beat you to death if you go near the rope that is separating him from the rest of the crowd. Type like like Tom Brady, yeah. Like if that, if that's Tom Brady, I don't even know. Like, I think I got I think I got a little too close to Bobby Pointer. That was the issue. Yeah. Like how many? How and, realistically? Uh, like David Ortiz, Tom Brady. How many living Boston athletes? Could there be like a red rope type situation where if you even think about crossing it, like you're going to get tackled and assaulted? Bort. Caleb Bort? Yeah. Don't you find it odd that like that's... Tatum, Tatum, obviously. That's that's the hill that some of these guys in the clubhouse, that's that's the hill they want to die on. Like I'm the bad guy because I said Caleb Bort sucks and he got phantom i would for sucking like i'm not even wrong about saying that he sucks and that's the hill that they want to die on it's bizarre to me he's a nice guy is he yeah, we just talked about this you just said you like him yeah no I, i'm i'm just i'm i'm asking the question on behalf of the people that don't like him who are those people i don't know there's a large contingency on red sox twitter and uh you know that's I can't figure out why they don't like the guy. I don't think he would be uh, behind the velvet ropes. I will say my Caleb Ward take is that the Red Sox have never, ever, ever, made, Brazier might be the exception, wanted a guy to be good more than they want Caleb Ward to be good. <laughs> it is like... He just I mean, refuses. 
it, well, it's just a very, very, very long leash. Like Brazier had like a dominant stretch in 18, obviously dominant stretch in 21. And like, so at least, you know, when they DFA him, it's like, yeah, it's a year or two late, but there, we know what the feeling was. Mm-hmm. There's some guys that have come through the last few years that like, Hey, they've never had big league success. Why is the leash, you know, this long, mm-hmm. but anyway, I got to write about the draft. We'll see you at a, uh, loco for the Cinco de Mayo party in July and August once dry July is over. Thanks so much. Gracias and adios. Thank you. Thank you for your time. That's Chris Cotillo of the Mexican Times. Como estas? Um, wow. A lot of information there. A lot of information there. That Kike stuff is juicy. Yeah. It's surprising to me. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit know. here and pretend to know the guy better than the people that are around him all the time. Like I've only been around him a very uh, select amount of times. Um, but I, I think that he, he, I don't think that David price is the best comparison, but there are some similarities in the sense where it's like, you don't know what mood you're going to get him in on certain days. You know, like I'm a, like, I was always cautious yeah, to approach but- David price and I'm always cautious uh, to approach um, Kike. I let Kike make the first move. It's almost like a dog, right? Like you let the dog smell you, and if their tail start stops wagging, you're like, oh, fuck, he's going to bite me. But if the tail starts wagging, you're like, oh, I can pet him. Like I feel like that's that's how I was with Price. And like not that Kike's never, never mistreated me, um, but – yeah, like you can tell, like even on like the post game the other night when he had like the the big hit to win the game, the the where they had like the big what was that the uh, six run inning, the blue yeah, shot that was the series finale, right? Yep, Rangers. That was Thursday. Yeah. Okay. So he had the the game winning yep. hit, game winning RBI, uh, and then after the game he sounded like his dog died. So I don't know. Very very. Uh, very strange, but some 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 it, juicy information there from Chris Cotillo. Uh, the core quote, and that's why I felt like I had to ask Chris about it. It just it felt like such odd timing. Like it, it felt like Core is trying to give you a break, man. Like clearly, like what you have done to this team this year, like all that shit you talked to have not lived up to it. Like it's just the reality. It's not being mean. It's not crapping on the guy, dude. You got fifteen errors. Like, you can't talk all this shit and say, like, you feel like this is your chance. Like, you know, this is my team. Like, we're going to be different, yada, yada, yada. You didn't back up any of it, right? And, like, the errors out there, they're not range issues. It's just you're not throwing the ball to first base. Like, 14 of the 15 have been throwing errors. And, you know, that can't be easy for anyone. I, I don't think it's personally about the guy or how he acts. But, you know, you mentioned David Price. You can mention a Manny Ramirez, these guys that have been – you know, term moody or, you know, not always seen as friendly. All right. Well, those guys are superstars, right? Those are superstars. Kike Hernandez, who are you? Yeah. And I think that's where maybe some of that stuff may sit where it's like, Kike, dude, like you are the least valuable player in baseball this year. You have hurt your team more than helped. Like you're a negative war. How are you going to go and sit there and complain when your manager wants to sit you down for a couple days? When he rode you way longer, and let's be real, how much shit has Alex Cora got for yeah. riding him and continuing to give him opportunities out there? Like it, It's not just Kike taking shots. Cora's 
you know, people are infuriated with Core. I've seen more people complain about Core and Kike than ever before in just that relationship and how he's managed the situation and some of it. He hasn't had a choice, but that's where they are. I, I think ultimately just sometimes a change of scenery is needed for people involved when something's gone stale, when something's not working, when, you know, just you're unhappy. You, you just, you need something different. The, you know, the tracks or whatever underneath you, they've come and gone. You need to move on to the next thing. It feels like we've gotten to that point with Kike because, you know, we talk Christian Arroyo here, right? And, you know, Christian Arroyo's had a tough year. No one's acting like it's not. It's a 692 OPS. Last 15 games, he's hitting 315. Last seven, he's hitting 360. You know, Pablo Reyes was hitting 300 when he went down, just hit two homers on that rehab assignment. We know how they feel about Yu Chang. The defense is everything to them. They want him out there because, you, you, Jared, when you watched on Friday and Sunday, isn't there a level of comfort you feel when he's out there where you're like, this guy is not going to shit the bet on him. Yeah, I mean... Like, like he's going to make the tough plays. He's going to be able to handle what's in front of him. He that wonky play in left, but he's not a left fielder. You know, like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, boy, here we go again. Like, no, I mean, he's he's not used to playing left field at Fenway Park, so, like, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, he, I think he should be out there every day. The numbers are what they are against left-handed pitching, but he did, you know, he, he's you got to give him a chance to at least hit lefties. Like you can't just, like, I, I would like to see what the sample size is. It can't be very, it can't be a big sample against lefties. What is that puzzled look on your face? Who are you referring Durant. to? Who are you talking Durant. about? I didn't say Duran. I said Chang. Well, we were talking about Duran. Yeah. Weren't you talking about the play in left? We were just talking about the play in left. No, I was talking about Chang's defense and making, Oh yeah. Comfortable I don't give a shit. I, yeah. Chang is, He's fine. Like he's probably your best defensive option that he has. So, and if you had just that kind of defense the whole year, the Red Sox probably win three or four fine. more games. We're probably saying they're three or four more games over five hundred. And, and like I, I think that's just what it is. What does Kike offer you on this team that you need right now? Uh, not you can't hit. I was gonna say I was gonna say you can't a, play a shortstop. Even second base has been rough. But you've got Duvall for that as well. But who would you rather have defensively? And I tell you right now that uh, defensively, yeah. Kike. But I'd also go and say Rob Ref Snyder's gotten at bats against righties, and I'd take Rob Ref Snyder against a righty over yeah, Kike yeah, Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. I, I always feel pretty good with Ref Snyder it, in, in all situations. In the reality is, when Trevor Story comes back, somebody else has to go anyways. So are you just kind of saying we'll make the harder decision right now? We'll say we're going to the all-star break. You know, we can kind of reset here. Kike, you're off the boat. You know, we're probably going to have to kick one of Pablo Reyes or Christian Arroyo off the boat in four weeks or three weeks or whatever. Like, it's kind of just time to sit and swallow that pill. I just, I, the one question I would have said was, and the reason why I was always a little hesitant with Kike was, what does it mean to the clubhouse? I think Chris kind of just gave us our answer on that. Seems like the clubhouse isn't in need of Kike Hernandez. Mm-hmm. How would Justin Turner feel about That's that? A good question. I'm just asking a question. I'm That's curious. Question. I mean, how, how would Alice Cora feel about that? Don't know. Don't know. Like, could you have a Kevin Puecki esque situation here? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I know that. Uh, Oh, Miles Naylor. Let's go. Number 39 to the A's. Dallas is getting all my guys. Did you get taken by? A's. 
<laughs> yeah. Miles Naylor, number 39 overall pick to the Oakland A's. Good for And I'll add on that Kike Hernandez front and kind of answering all those questions, like you look back at what Hanley was and how important he was in that clubhouse, and that still gets talked about to this day. Um, it would be a ballsy move, but at the same time, if you DFA him and you can trade him and even get, I think he's owed four and a half million from this point on through the rest of the year, you know, and that'd be him saying like, I made a mistake. That's a real like hand up, like dog, I gave him 10 million and that was clearly a bad move for everybody. Um, can we get a million or two and eat it and another team's willing to pick that up? Can we do that and maybe give us just a little bit more room in the trade deadline to add? Well, it sounds like something might be coming down the pipe. So we'll we'll see when we get there. But before that, because Jake's not here. In honor of Jake, beer is tried and true baseball tradition, but Blue Moon is the only beer that is brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Shout out to Jake. He's probably in the hospital right now. They probably have like an IV of Blue Moon going right into Jake to keep him hydrated. I feel like that would be the most appropriate thing for Jake right now. He's probably in his hospital bed drinking a Blue Moon, saying awful things about Tyler, and just being being the Jake that we all know and love with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful beautiful bright color a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all season long keep baseball traditions alive with blue moon belgian style wheat ale it's a one of a kind every time check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared to visit uh to find blue moon delivery options that is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared blue moon Made brighter, celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Uh, I need to get some more Blue Moon because Dallas drank all of mine at my house. Yeah. He drank that many? Yes. He went through my Blue Moons and just absolutely sucked them all down. Sucked them all down. Um has he been doing okay after the series? Did he take no, it well? he was tweeting pictures of my family, and he was lashing out. I think he tweeted a, a video at Jake. Just absolutely horrific behavior. Deplorable behavior from a deplorable human. That is Dallas Braid. Did you, did you see people saying that you mentioned Section 10 in, the, uh, in your read last episode? Yeah, I always do. Yeah, Do I always you? say promo code section 10. Jesus. I need to start listening better. I saw people saying that on the subreddit. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even catch it. I mean, I've for the stop and shop look ahead, it's always been promo code section 10. Always. Forever, Forever. and always. 
Stupid ass bitch. <laughs> Watch Excuse it. Watch no, it. I heard what you said. Um, That's why I repeated it. Alex Gore did not submit a vote for... Um, Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. We got votes from everyone else? I think it's pretty obvious. I hate to say it, but... Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Well, all right. Are we going to do it? I mean, there wasn't like a ton to say. Do we have anything else we need to hit from Not the games? Really. I mean, I feel like we can... Obviously, we haven't talked about Jaron Duran, but we're going to talk about it in the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. I was about to say. Motherfucker's about to... Yeah, my one thing... Oh, what? What? Oh. What? 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 Nope, nope. What? play it. Play it. What? I'm already into it. I want to play the drums. I'm going to say it, and you're going to get what mad when say? I say it. Good on the Red Sox for letting Brennan Bernardino go two innings in the very first game. Uh, you let him cook, and this time it didn't actually blow up in your face. And then Nick Pavetta, good work out of the bullpen. Doing a great job. 251, yeah. or excuse me, not 251, 279 ERA, 329 FIP out of the bullpen. A great job. Some people wanted to laugh at him because of the three runs. Spare me. Spare me on that. The defense helps him a little bit. It's really yeah. one mistake. Another bomb given up by Josh Winkowski. Yeah, that thing Smoked. was fucking yeah. nuked, dude. That ball got crushed. Yeah, super embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not at the point where we can uh, say things are better. It was nice to have one yeah. outing, though, before. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, nothing personal, but that thing was fucking absolutely torched. Anyways. <laughs> Clark's Ketchup Series MVP brought to you by Clark's Ketchup. Drizzle that ketchup. I mean, I don't even know why we're putting it to a fucking vote. Um, Jaron Duran had 11 plate appearances in this series. Didn't start in the final game, but did get into the game. Uh, hit 545 in the series. That leads the Red Sox. An on-base percentage of 545 because he didn't walk. Uh, so Verdugo actually hit 500 in the series and had a 556 on base percentage to lead the Red Sox. Uh, Jaron Duran's slugging percentage, he slugged over 1,000. He slugged over 1,000 in the series uh, and then had the OPS of 1636, which also led the Red Sox get into some counting stats here. Uh his six hits led the team. Turner with four. Arroyo with four. Shout out to Christian Arroyo. Christian Arroyo gets a, a, a ketchup packet 
for this series. Justin Turner, obviously, as well, at one point yesterday, eight straight games with an RBI. That streak came to an end today, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but it had been eight straight games with an RBI base hit for Justin Turner. Uh, and then Verdugo with four hits. Masataka Yoshida with four hits. Uh, so that rounds that out. Doubles. Christian Arroyo. Shout out to Christian Arroyo. Three doubles in this series. Tristan Casas had two. Uh, Turner had one. Devers had one. Duran had one. And Yoshida had one. Homers for the series. Duvall, finally. First home run since April. Uh, Doogie went deep. Um, Duran went deep. He went deep in Minnesota. Duvall? Yeah, remember? It was like center field. I think Catillo tweeted the same thing, and everyone oh. was like well, screaming that's what at I him. Saw. So then it's his fault that I just said that. So fuck him. Um, Yoshida hit a home run. He's crying about us yeah, on Twitter. Stupid ass bitch. Uh, Duran leading the team in RBI <laughs> the series with four. Duvall with three. Verdugo with three. Turner with two. Arroyo with two. Devers with two. Um, extra base hits. Christian Arroyo with three. Duran with three. Total bases. Jaron Duran, 12. Yoshida, eight. Arroyo, seven. Verdugo, seven. Uh, I'm going first. I'm voting for Jaron Duran. Uh, it's pretty fucking... It's not, it's, Dude. Why'd you have to take it from me? Uh, do you want to vote right now? Yeah, it's Jaron Duran. I think, of course, him hitting his fifth homer, that was awesome within itself, but spark plug the minute in that second game, stealing bags. Like, you know, we had that conversation. Is Jaron Duran becoming a guy in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year? It was great. Then he went through that, like, little bit of a low stretch, and here we are again. Dude's hitting, like, what? Is it 320 on the season now Mm -hmm. at this point? 320, 367, 519. That's an 886 OPS. There's no way to frame it other than like, you know, he's on pace for 30 steals. You know, it's 10 jacks. But I think if he had consistent playing time, we're talking about a guy who's going to hit, you know, somewhere between 15 to 20 home runs with 30 stolen bases. I don't think the batting average will ever be this high, but you're also saying this guy leads the friggin' Red Sox in doubles right now with 27. More than anyone, and he wasn't even on the team until like later April. Uh, no vote from Euclid. Oh, wait. My bad. All right. Mm. No vote from Cora. No vote from Euclid. You voted for Duran? Yes. All right. We're going to have to write these down because Jake's not here. Jeremy, write these down. He's got them. All right. He's on it. Dave O'Brien. Jaron Duran. Tom Karen. Jaron Duran. Jemai Webster selects the Red Sox bullpen, pitching two bullpen games in this series. Headlined by Bernardino and Nick Pavetta. So he picks the whole bullpen, which I'm gonna allow. Will Fleming. <laughs> Originally, he picked Dallas Braden for firing up the boys. But then he said, in all seriousness, <laughs> I will take Jaron Duran. 
I got two preemptive picks. I got a pick from Loomer. Reached out during the game and said, Duran, doesn't matter if he didn't start game three, he's the MVP. And Will Middlebrooks texted me before the game today and said, Duran is my answer even <laughs> if he doesn't step on the field today, unless JT goes off. So, I feel like that's uh, that's pretty much unanimous except for, oh wait, there's one more. There's one more pick. Oh. There's one more pick. Live from his hospital bed. Whoa! My vote for Clark's Ketchup Series MVP is for Dallas Braden for being the color guy for the worst baseball team I've ever seen. And also, I got a sweep against the Cubs. <laughs> He's got a sweep against the Cubs. <laughs> Dallas Braden is the pick for MVP. Uh, I guess I got to call Coley, too. Cole, I mean, Your call has been forwarded to an odd. See, see, Coley, Coley's fucking being a dad. Coley's being a dad, but uh, grow up. That's everyone, right? Yeah, that's everyone. We hit it. Uh, did we give Jeremy a vote? Jeremy should get a vote. Jeremy, who are you voting for for Clark's Ketchup Series MVP? Um, thank you guys, first of all. Really nice of you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, let's go, uh, yeah, let's do this. Duran it is. Mm-hmm. Jaron Duran is your Clark's Ketchup Series MVP for this weekend series against the Oakland Athletics. Congratulations to Jaron Duran. Uh... What's the schedule? They uh, Oh, they're fucking off. All right, let me see. I'm going to tell him that he won and see if he wants to make an acceptance speech. You won Clark's wow. catch-up series. Series MVP. Big honor. Congrats. Uh, I will say... For Durand, one of the things that has been big, and he made a really nice catch in center field on that play going near the bullpens. Throw that in there as well. And the dude doesn't start today and still just steps on the like field and causes havoc on that single and then running to second. Uh, who was it? Tyler Wade. That was just like taking his sweet-ass time on that ball. Like That's how heads up he is. But on top of all of that, every time he's been doing postgame recently, I feel like last year, whenever he talked, I got nervous. Like Remember the Astro series? Where he was like, you know, he, I don't even remember what he said. It was like right around the trade deadline, but it was something like we got like he mentioned Heim. Like I you don't often hear a player reference like their CBO or their GM when they're talking. Uh, and he's like, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to kind of prove them all wrong. It's like he's learned how to talk to the media and it's nothing but thanking his teammates every single time a microphone's put in front of his face. Man, he's just he's a different cat. He's a different cat. We'll see what he says. Someone, yeah, someone asked me and tweeted at me, funny enough, 
we had this conversation two episodes ago, an episode ago, and we said, who can you look at on the Red Sox and say, that guy's going to be here for a long time? I think you said only Brian Bayo. That was the only guy you were 100% sure of. Why do you got that look on your face? He goes, ha ha, thanks. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that is the Jaron Duran yeah. response. Yeah. Um, would you put Duran in that conversation for you now? Are you sold that he is going to be here for a long time? Um, yeah. Because you didn't even let Costas in that. Yeah, but that was that like I think people kind of took that the wrong way. Like that wasn't me not believing in Costas or thinking that he should be here or that I want him here. It was more like I'm reading between the lines when they don't put him in the fucking lineup. It's like, oh, do they believe in him? Like, you know, Bayo is Bayo's a guy. And you know, Duran is kind of in that same boat where it's like, oh well, they're not they're not uh they're not putting him out there against lefties, but I think it's because Duvall's here. It's not because they don't believe in the player. Like if Duvall gets traded in the next few weeks here, then yeah, I'm I'm gonna expect to see Duran get some time. I mean, obviously you still have Ref Snyder, so like it's not like he's gonna just be like playing 162 games or whatever. Um, I explained it to him. He he said, "Let's go." I think that's a bunch of bunch of exclamation points. He's pumped. <laughs> he's pumped that he's Clark's ketchup series. Anyway. Is that? Is that a yes for a, an acceptance I mean, speech? So or? The thing, this is why I love Jaron Duran. Because uh, he, in, and I say this with love, he's a meathead. Like, all he thinks about is eating food, lifting weights, and hitting baseballs. That's all he thinks about. So you can't ask him to say too much because that's just not how his brain works. Like, his brain is like, eat breakfast sandwiches, make scrambled eggs, protein shakes. Actually, you know what? He doesn't even drink protein shakes, which I thought was insane. Like, like I do, I do shakes, like all that shit. He doesn't even do protein shakes. He just fucking eats chicken, fish, steak, and he eats like 10 fucking meals a day and works out like an animal and then just socks baseballs all around the yard. So I, yeah, he just, he's not a, he's that his, his brain doesn't work in a way that allows him to be an, an eloquent speaker. <laughs> that was the nicest way. That was the nicest way to be like, that this guy's a possible. fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, Coley's calling back. But I think that's like, Coley. oh, thank God. Coley! Um, how did you know that I called you? It went straight to voicemail. No, I must not have had server. Oh, um, so, uh, we wanted to get your vote for the, uh, Clark's ketchup series MVP. Wait, why is it? What the fuck is going on? Hold on. There we go. All right. Now you're connected. Go ahead. Did someone already win? Uh, yeah, Jaron Duran already won. Yeah, that's where I was leaning. That's where you were leaning? I was leaning Duran, yeah. Okay. Well, did you, who else? Why not? He won. Why is that crazy? Well, no, because like, you never pick the winner. You always are like, you know what? I have this really outside-the-box reason for why I'm selecting so-and-so. 
Are you telling me Jake didn't win last time? Jake's in the hospital. Well, that's no good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's like <laughs> on his way out right now. That's why we have Jeremy. Yeah. We already replaced him. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, show goes on. Next man up. But, like, we love Jake. Yeah. But he's, you know. He's I, I mean, we love the, we love the Red Sox pitching staff. They're all in the hospital, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at on the whole thing. Um, Still got to play the games. Got to play the games. Got to play the games. Uh, Who's the fuck face who started today? Uh, what was his name? Fucking. Uh, Taylor? J- Jeremy Taylor Bonderman. Scott. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Bonderman. <laughs> Brian Matus. Yeah. Boof Bonzer <laughs> got mm-hmm. the rock today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Needed him. Yeah. You you don't you don't fuck with the Boof. Do you remember Boof Bonzer, Tyler? You're probably too young. Yes. I uh, no, I do remember Boof Bonzer. Bonzer. That Sadly. dude. When he when he came over here, I was like, how do we pull this off? <laughs> How did the Red Sox end up with the booth? What year was that? 2000. Yeah, probably 10? somewhere in there. 2009, 2010. Did you find it? Booth. What's his legal up. name? There's no uh, way his name is Booth. Like Anthony? John Big Paul. John oh. Paul Booth Bonzer. And he pitched for the Red Sox in 2010 through two innings. <laughs> Two majestic innings. He gave up four runs. He's a four whip. <laughs> four runs. He faced thirteen batters. Uh, you should. You should. We should call Coley for the Red Sox lottery. You know what? It's it's. I agree. It is sponsored. I don't think we have it today. Do you want to do the Red Sox lottery, Coley? Is that where you just? Is it the same as it used to be? Yeah. All right. All right, let's give it a whirl here. Um, ran, I got to do random number generator. One through 100. 66. 66 is... Move on! Okay! All right. Liar. You think, I, you think I'm making that up? No, I think oh. Move on's a liar. Oh, why is he a liar? Because he said he was going to send me clothes. And oh, did. yeah. That's true. That's true. Mo Vaughn came on the podcast in 2018 and said that he was going to... Uh, what was it? What was his uh, clothing brand called? Like Big Boy Clothing? <laughs> it was probably Big Hit Dog, something along those lines. <laughs> Big Hit Dog Threads. Uh, it, <laughs> MVP Collections? Does yeah, that, that sound right? right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> big boy threat. The website is fantastic. If you can uh, click on Movod, he's great. He won the MVP in 1995. 126 RBI to lead the league. 150 strikeouts to lead the league. Hit 300 right on the dot with a 963 OPS, 28 doubles, and 39 home runs. Uh, won the MVP, was an all-star for the first time that season. It was his age 27 season. Played eight years in Boston. Eight years in Boston. Hit 304 in those eight years with a 936 OPS. Uh, 230 homers, 199 doubles. 
Coley, what was your favorite Mo Vaughn memory? I don't I it's hard because growing up as a kid in the nineties in Boston, everyone obvious Nomar was beloved, like truly beloved. And Clemens was beloved. And Mo Vaughn was the only one of them to win an MVP. He was like so larger than life. Like it's hard. It's not like I was, I mean, well, when did he go to the angels in like 98, 99? Uh, did we just basically bring Manny in to replace his money? Yes. Uh, more or less. Yes. They didn't want to pay yeah. Mo Vaughn. They were like, this guy is not going to, he's not going to, not going to age up. well. Yeah. They were right. And like, correct. But like hit dog, I, like he had batting cages all around the place. Yeah. Like he he truly felt like a part of Boston and, and Massachusetts as a whole that like not a lot of other players have replicated. And because Ortiz came pretty much directly after him, it feels like his career is just overlooked at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's weird. Like Mo Vaughn, came up in 1991. The Red Sox were so fucking irrelevant. And Awful. no one gave a fuck about the Red Sox. And then he was here for the strike year. Uh, 95, it's like, all right, yeah, they make the playoffs. I think they won the division that year. That was like the first time they won the division. Um, they didn't win the division again until, what, 2007 after 95? Uh <laughs> So he was just here for forgettable years. Like, I feel bad for Mo Vaughn because he was that dude in Boston, but he left right as the Red Sox were about to strap a rocket to their ass in terms of, like, sports culture relevancy. Yeah, and he was, I mean, he just walloped it like such a funny batting. Like he truly, I feel like he only swung upper body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was out of the league by 2003. Like he wasn't even still an active player when the Red Sox won the world series in 2004. And when he signed with the angels in 1999, that was like a big deal. He only played two seasons for him. And then he went to the, then he went to the Mets. Yeah, he played two seasons in the with the Angels. In 2001, he missed the entire season and then ended up with the Mets in 2002, played 139 games for them in 2002, only managed to play 27 games in 2003, and then he was out of baseball. That's where you got like that ridiculous homer at uh, Shea Stadium. Yeah, it was like right? up the scoreboard. Wasn't that the one that was like halfway up yeah, the scoreboard or whatever? He had a 500-something-foot home run at Shea Stadium. <laughs> he just fucking walloped that thing. Absolute waffle maker. Uh, 502. 502 at Shea Stadium. Yeah. I Mo Vaughn, Mo Vaughn was probably my first favorite player on the Red Sox in my life. Like, obviously, I... I Nomar came up and I had a stronger emotional attachment to Nomar because he was around for more of my, uh, I can remember these years type years. But before Nomar came up in 96, the summer of 96 and his first, like his like rookie season was 97. 
uh, Mo Vaughn was the guy before that. And I think I've told that like that story on the podcast before about when Mo Vaughn came back to Fenway for the first time with the angels. And my dad was like, are you going to boo him? And I was like, why, why would I boo him? I love Mo Vaughn. <laughs> like I didn't understand the concept of free agency and him not being on the Red Sox anymore. By the time he came back, I was like, why, why would I boo Mo Vaughn? I fucking love Mo Vaughn. <laughs> like I was nine, I was nine or 10 years old. Um, but yeah, before Nomar, there was there was Big Mo, the hit dog. This is before Tyler's time. Tyler was still a seaman. His last year was the year I was born. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's disgusting. Like that's the hard part. <laughs> disgusting. But, like I talked to, <laughs> I talked to people, and like I hear how much Mo Vaughn meant to them. Like Matt McCarthy, mm-hmm. right? Like we do so much baseball stuff together. To him, Mo Vaughn is everything. We did a show this past winter, uh, me and him and a couple of the guys, and one of them got Mo Vaughn to call into the show and be like, hey, like, just what's up, McCarthy? How is it like going? Yada, yada. Let's just have a conversation for 15 minutes on air. And McCarthy talked for 15 minutes just about what that MVP, what Mo Vaughn meant to him in Boston at that time. And I'm just sitting there like, cool. Like, you know, it just never, it's not even part of my baseball world because it was so far beyond me like i can sit there and talk about nomar because you know we talk about what nomar's impact was and he was still here when you know you get all the way up to 04 and some of those years leading up it's just i don't know to me mo vaughn like i respect the mvp i look back but there's nothing for me there's no real reference point so like i I can't look back and even say like oh you know i wish i saw that generation of red sox baseball because like you said it it was a tough generation the team sucked but you had mo so you know how like Every time Ronald Acuna Jr. hits a home run, I'm like, there's Ronald Acuna Jr. Never hit a cheap home run in his life. The dude that sits behind me, my season, t- I, my season ticket seats at Fenway, the dude that sat behind me, uh, I got that from him because every time fucking Mo Vaughn would come up, he would say every single time, there you go, here's Mo Vaughn. Never hit a cheap home run in his fucking life. Not one, not one. Never hit a cheap home run in his fucking life. Every time Mo Vaughn came to the plate, he would he would let you know. Never hit a cheap home run in his life. You go watch the highlight reels of Mo Vaughn home runs with the Red Sox. Not one is gonna barely clear the fence. Not one. <laughs> no, he hit, he hit the absolute dog shit out of the ball. If you or Chase signed in 03, right? Correct. If if in 03 when David or David Arias was signed from the Minnesota Twins, and you said this guy's going to be the next Mo Vaughn. You would have been shot in the streets. Like it would have been such a preposterous thing to say. Yeah. Let alone the fact that he like lived up to and surpassed that. But like that's how good. Like to be like, oh yeah, we could have someone like seventy five percent of that. It's like sick. Yeah, bat him fourth because that's how good that guy's going to be. Who's a player, Coley? from the 2004 Red Sox that you would sub out to have Mo Vaughn on the roster somewhere? I mean, it's tough because as, as we've talked about, very limited where you can put him on the field. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you can't, you can't like sub out Kevin Millar because right. I mean, just 
His vibe obviously changed that team. His walk against Rivera for uh, Dave Roberts to steal the base, you can't lose that in, in history. You obviously can't pick David Ortiz. But even – like I, I love Orlando Cabrera and what he brought to that team too. Like, it's not even like, like you can't even like sub out Pokey. You can't sub out Orlando. Like Orlando Cabrera telling the Yankees fans to like fucking cry about it when they're about to come back right. from three down. Like you can't you can't sub that out. Like that's just a different vibe. That it's just that's I don't know the butterfly effect. And you, I mean, you're even underselling it. He wasn't telling them to cry about it because they were coming back down. Like the National Guard was on the field because they were rioting, <laughs> and he was taunting them while they pelted the field with like glass bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's you no know, like Bronson Arroyo. You can't sub out because he was part of the slap. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like there's truly Mirabelli was the backup catcher. Like there was nobody. Was Terry Adams? I know Terry Adams was. Uh, I know he played for the 2004 Boston Red Sox. I don't know that he made the postseason roster. You get you can't even like sub out Curtis Laskanik. Like Laskanik was wheeling and dealing no. in those extra innings in in the ALCS against the Yankees. I can't think of one person on that team where you could be like, yeah, you could swap them out with someone else. Yeah, like, you just couldn't. I know we've, we've 18, had the argument before. Drew Pomeranz, like, Alex Cora straight up said, I don't give a fuck that you're on the roster. Like, I'll use a position player before I bring Drew Pomeranz into this game. And they still won the World Series anyway. Like, there's no Drew – there was no Drew Pomeranz in the 2004 playoff roster. What about uh, Mankiewicz? Um – yeah, I mean, I guess there were no real defensive no, plays where it's like, man, Millar doesn't make that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I feel like I feel like Minkavich, Minkavich probably could be subbed out. I mean, he's obviously known for catching the final out, but it was a, like, who the fuck couldn't catch a lollipop toss to first base? The 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 most impressive. Play I remember a first baseman making that whole run was Ortiz in the World Series throwing out with Marti at third. <laughs> Jeff Supon, Supon, but they, they they just kept using pitchers as pinch runners. But they, the Cardinals are the dumbest organization. That so dumb. North of ten World Series. So dumb. They had Jeff Supon get picked off at third base by a DH, and then uh, Adam Wainwright was like. Hey, I know that you're hitting 688 this World Series, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to you right now. <laughs> I'll get him out. I'm Adam Wainwright. God damn it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Then they had I forget I don't even remember the kid's name in the 2013 World Series. They had some like flame throwing lefty reliever, and I remember Cardinals fans being like, "Hey, we got the answer for Ortiz in this World Series. Like he's not gonna be doing shit because we got fucking Joey Lefty over here." And they brought him in, and he just fucking whack <laughs> the fucking bullpen. Like, all right, dude, yeah, sick, sick, sick lefty specialist. <laughs> Dude's working at fucking Walgreens right now, bagging prescription drugs. Oh God. Uh anyways, uh Movon. Great player. I'm sorry that he was uh, talking about what? He was talking about Nomar. He was like it felt like he was like Mo it was like he came on to Movon's team, is what it felt like. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but at that around that time, like the late '90s, that's when they were forming the core that was about to collide with a secondary core that made the 2004 World Series champions. Because it's like the late Definitely. '90s was like Nomar, Manny, Pedro. Um, Derek Lowe, Veritech, like you had those pieces. Well, Offerman wasn't going to be a part of the fucking, like I'm talking about like the pieces that existed in the late nineties that collided with like Darren Lewis, uh, Mm -hmm. the Bill Miller, Millar Ortiz core that it all came together. Donnie Donnie Sadler. Way back. Wasden. Jeff Fry, who blocked me on Twitter, I mean, Good. I think he unblocked me and then followed me, but he, I don't know. I, I don't know what I said to make Jeff Fry mad. Yeah, he probably loves you on threats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. Jeff Fry. Have I been given credit for that yet or no? What, getting me on threads? No, the, the thread side. That was your first post the thread socks oh yeah no i made that up no not a chance oh come on i threaded it at you and you <laughs> said oh my god and then the red socks were like painting over the green monster thread socks well now they're f- they're five and oh as the thread socks they sure are i don't know that uh are people still on threads right you're now you're already over it um, a little bit I, I felt like it's come and gone. Like the hype is kind of gone already. They have a hundred million followers. Coley, you do run it up very well. I, I will give you credit. They have a hundred million. But I, I don't know. It felt like everyone was super excited. Hundred million. I, I need to be able to post video. If I can't you can post, videos, post videos, then it feels you weird. Fucking idiot. Like highlights. Uh. You, okay. If you post a video, can I post a video, or do I have to post it myself? You can uh, quote tweet it. They're they're working out the kinks. They it'll be better. I would imagine in like a week, week and a half. I need that, and I need the timeline fixed. What's a wrong bit. with the timeline? Oh, the people that you don't like, you follow, you can't see. It's like a for you page. Yeah, I don't like that either. I'll be honest. I'm not. I like the aesthetic yeah, of it. Though. I like the look of it. I don't love threads yet i don't love it yet i like it i don't love it i love twitter coley you're not you're not like over twitter are you i haven't posted since threads opened its doors are you serious go look at my timeline no way go look at my timeline what what's wrong with you you just don't you don't like Elon? oh my god july 5th my last post was my threads account that was it all right, so you're done with Twitter? Unless they close the doors over here, like I'm, I'm trying to tell everybody, we can we can make this whatever we want it to be. Like all the celebs, all the annoying fucking people that are on there now. That's exactly what Twitter was in 2010. You can go back look at any celebrity's tweets. They end at about 2012, and they're all the same as what you're reading right now on Threads. Those people do not have the stamina to stick around the that's where stamina. it's on. i mean you're not wrong like i remember when i first signed up for twitter in 2009 
I mean, no, I'm actually, you know what? I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to take anything away from them. But when you first signed up for Twitter back in 2009, it would like suggest a bunch of celebrities who have ridden the, the wave of the bump that they got fucking 15 years ago. Like they didn't get out there and grind to get their following like we did. Like the fact that the fact that I'm closing in on half a million fucking followers on Twitter and it took me every bit of that since 2009 <laughs> to scratch and claw to get there and now people want to jump ship I I could kill myself. Be like Are you kidding well, me? You're describing why people won't leave Twitter, especially people like everyone on this call who's built a large following um and and are afraid to lose it. Not even like afraid to lose it in a douchey way, but it's like I have to start from scratch. What you're talking about, I have to rebuild it. And that's where it's like if everyone just fucking committed, they've made it as easy as possible with the Instagram integration. I haven't you, – you won't find me on Blue Sky. You don't see me on Spill. I haven't fallen for any of these other fake competitors because I know what's going to happen. People go over there for a day, and then they're like, all right, let me go back home. No, no. This is like – Someone opened a brand new, same exact thing with a, a smarter billionaire running the show. I'm all in. Yeah. I I mean. So I, it, is this like a Walmart Target thing for you, Coley? Like, are you just like, this is a nicer, cleaner, higher end thing? Like, why? It's just it's Zuck. You fuck with Zuck. No, I, I mean, I said the other day on uh, TWS, like, I think we're at the point in society now, especially internet society where you just kind of have to pick a billionaire <laughs> and like they're unavoidable. You just have to pick one of them. Um, and Zuckerberg, I mean, he gave us Facebook. He gave that's my, I think my, my point is everyone's fine with Instagram. You know what I mean? I understand it's kind of like a separation of church and state Instagram and Twitter, but I, I don't know if you've looked at the fucking videos on threads that I, like someone posted a, a GoPro from the woods and I, I thought I thought I was in the woods. Like it's it's better video processing than Instagram, which I, I still struggle to understand because it's the same fucking company. Yeah, I don't know. I just wish I could just if I could pick up my following and drop it on Threads, I would probably be more enthusiastic about it. But the bro, they have a, they already have a hundred million signups, and I understand people just click the button from their Instagram account. But that's what's Twitter's like active users like 200 million i don't know it just seems like it's harder it's harder to get but how many of those people signed up for what i'm I'm watching the video that you're talking about like going for like the walk unbelievably clear yeah it's incredibly clear you can also just dump out like 15 pictures on a post for some reason twitter's like we'll give you four instagram's there Reds is like, dump your whole camera roll, dude. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. Uh, I, I, oh, wow. These videos are very clear. Are. Unbelievably clear. And they need to work on like the I'm share watching, video yeah, feature. I'm watching like, the Braves mascot. They need to They need to iron out. They, Zuckerberg really needs to just bring me in for like 30 minutes. There's no one who understands the pros of Twitter. Like, if, if they don't have it buttoned up by the beginning of football season... I'll be done because they, it needs, it doesn't have that live 
aspect yet. That's what makes Twitter Twitter. It's not the actual app itself. It's just everyone on the same page constantly. Uh, like I can't even hold that, press down on a photo and save it to my phone. Yeah, I agree on with that threads. Too. Like mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be screenshotting all the live long day. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But if they can get the live timeline and the share video feature about a start of football, I think that's that's curtains. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, the the live aspect of it for me, like that's what keeps me on Twitter is like this just happened. I'm gonna tweet about it, knowing that people are gonna see this. Yeah, because it's for sure. I can't even get into like the habit of of like when you start watching a Red Sox game, my mind never goes to like threads. Like I'm immediately on Twitter. I'm like, I need to post this highlight. Like, I don't know. I feel like I go on threads. There's no, yeah, their community isn't there. Not yet. That's where it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to lead by example. Like I'm over here. Every, if everyone else just does this, it's the same thing. I've seen people be like, oh, how do I use this in my, my Instagram stuff? Like, people are talking like sociopaths. Like, they, they have nine different voices. Like, people aren't that good at prose. I find it hard to believe they're not good at curating their own social media accounts. It's nonsense. Just use it how you use everything else. It's not that hard. I agree. I agree. It's over. It, yeah. It's, I, I am using it differently than I am using Twitter, though. I will say that. I think that's because the community, like the 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 live, isn't there yet. Yeah. Once it is, I think you'll use it the exact same. That's probably true. That's probably and I've true. I've just been doing it that way. Is it bad? Good. Is it bad, Coley, to repost what you post on Twitter on Threads? I don't think so. I'm just cutting out. Like I like if I. I'm listening. Go ahead, Tyler. No, no, continue. No, I was just saying, I I don't think there's anything bad with it. I'm just cutting out. I'm doing less than half the work, so I'm just posting it on the I'm, t- I'm doing exactly what I would be doing, just in front of a smaller audience, which is actually kind of nice. Uh, I don't have, like, 70 people calling me a dickhead just because I'm like, hey, I think that play was good. Um, but I, I do use... Uh, Desktop or mobile, mostly, Tyler? Uh, I'm always mobile. I haven't used it on the desktop yet. Okay, so, well, Threads is not on desktop, but that's a complaint I've been seeing from people who, like, I'm shocked how many people our age use desktop Twitter, like, (laughs) majority of the time. That's insane to me. But I've just literally put the Threads... That's like the TweetDeck lifestyle. Yeah. I've just put the Threads app where my Twitter one used to be, so it's like that habit of clicking where I'm used to clicking. Just like it's like nothing's changed for me. I just I just hope that it goes chronological. That's the only way it's going to work for me. They said they were working on it. Like that, f- it can't be that hard. How do you launch without the capability? Well, I think they launched because like Zuck was talking a lot of shit. Uh, and, or excuse me, Musk. I keep they have two closest names in my brain. Musk was talking a lot of shit, so Zuckerberg was like, "Watch this, bozo! Um, <laughs> fastest app to 100 million subscribers <laughs> ever, like comfortably too." Uh, so yeah, I don't. 
Like, Moxley's just such a... Every decision he's made has been... Like, the rate limit thing really pushed me over the head. Like, if I can't scroll, like, what are we doing here? I'm with you, but I also never reached my rate limit. Will you subscribe? Yeah. I do. We still have one, though. It's like 10,000 or something, right? I thought that that was temporary. That That's still, like... That's no, still he's a liar. Involved. He didn't... I haven't even seen anyone talking about it. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. That's the thing. It's it's like it's just not going to work. That's my biggest problem. Twitter's just not going to work anymore because he's a moron. Like Jack was not a good person. Still isn't. Like just not a great person. Like most of these billionaires, but he he kept the fucking lights on. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you get the whale. Ooh, it would take five minutes and everything would be fine. Other than that, that thing hums. Now it breaks every fucking month. Yeah, you're right. It sucks. I don't know. Twitter just, I don't know where I'd be without Twitter. Agreed. It's Listen. home. It's safe. <laughs> we both made a lot of money because of Twitter. Like, there's, I'm not uh, like turning my back on it because I hate the idea of it. It's just like it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, threads needs to be better. Uh, once once it, it can be chronological and I can I can uh, throw some bangers out there and hopefully grow on <laughs> on threads, then then I'll be more in. But right now, just Twitter just feels like home still. Yeah, I'm I've just removed it. I know, like that's the thing. If if I just kept going to Twitter, of course I'd never open threads. But that's where it's like I'm just using it as a replacement. Mm. So you're never coming back to Twitter? Like I said, if this place shuts down, beginning of football season, I'll know. Okay. You just threaded. Yeah, I I did. (laughs) I did just thread. All this talking about threads got me threading. It's fucking sweaty better over here. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I hit 5K today. I've been on this, what, four days? Obviously, it's not 100K, like, whatever I have over on Twitter. But I'm, I'm for right now, I'm enjoying yelling into a void. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I have, uh, I have almost 16,000 on threads. Yeah. Like, that's where it's, like, Jesus. get spill. I got 1K. Teach all the other ones. It's like the following. There was no way to get the following over seamlessly with the Instagram followers. There's so much overlap between your Instagram and Twitter following. It's, it was just easier. But I also just don't have a lot of Instagram followers. What do you have? Like 100k? I have 113k. Yeah, shut up. That's not a lot. It's a ton. That was a very dick. It's not thing. a lot. <laughs> That's not a lot for for yes, Instagram. I have a thousand. That's not a lot. That's a lot. 113K is not a lot for Instagram. It is. Think about how many people that is. It's not a lot. It's four Fenway Parks. Fenway is the smallest ballpark. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy. It's not a lot. Fucking spare me, dude. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zen Nicotine Pouches. 
We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Oh, Sox just took a shortstop? Yes. What does this mean for Xander Bogarts? Uh, (laughs) I want to hear Jared go with the name here off rip. You want me to guess this dude's name? Can you can you say it? Uh, his name. It's beautiful. It's his name is his name. Oh, did we take the Hawaiian kid? Uh, his name is Nazan Zanatello. Pretty cool. There's a lot of Z's. Another prep shorts up. The tradition continues. A shortstop from Christian Brothers High School in the second round. Nazan. I like that. I like that name a lot. Um, all right, Coley. I'm going to do one more ad read, and then I want to go get dinner because it's, it's only 8 o'clock here in Seattle. I was going to say super early. Super early. Yeah. Did you go to the draft? Did you see our pal Kyle? Uh, no, I did not go to the draft. I did. I did go down to uh, the old ball yard today. We did a video. Uh, I'm gonna go to the the derby, the red carpet, all that fun stuff. It's gonna be great. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Coley? Uh, yeah, I still think they should sell. I do too. Good. Yeah. Yeah, blow it up. And the Angels shouldn't trade Otani. I know that has nothing to do with this show. Well, I mean. That's my take. He plays baseball. He does. You think that they should hang on to Otani? I can't be. I was thinking about it in Red Sox terms. Like, like, what are the two most famous moves the Red Sox have ever made? They sold Babe Ruth, <laughs> and they traded Mookie Betts. Yeah. I've never, ever heard anyone be like, oh, but you didn't retain Roger Clemens. It's never come up. Not once in Congress. No one's ever been like, oh, you didn't resign that guy. It's never happened. Not one time. Yeah. So that's where it's like, trades, like, no, <laughs> they could trade for, I don't know, bonds and, and like, fucking Felix Hernandez and he'd still be like yeah but imagine if they were just one guy that's what we trade away <laughs> yeah. we're taking up more roster spots than need be with these two idiots because they're not Otani and I could sell them the fan base like listen we matched we offered whatever he signed for and you still get a, a 
with like the 30th pick in the draft, like that's as good as whatever prospect you're getting back. I can't trade that guy. You can just lie and say that you had a better offer. And then, because Otani is right. never going to argue with you. He's just going to be like, That's what yeah. the Red Sox did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, We offered him 400 million. He said, Fuck off. So he said he would never play in this city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's pretty much it. And if you'd like, you're not going to get what you could have got a year ago. And even then, I wouldn't have traded him. Like, no. you just don't trade that guy. Make him leave. Make him as bad of a guy as he can be. And at the end of the day, he's just going to rack up more stats in your jersey for his Hall of Fame plaque. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but if he does leave, I think they should trade Trout. Because they couldn't win with Trout and Otani. What the fuck are they going to do with just Trout? I agree. And, I mean, he's damaged goods at this point, too. So it's just like a bloated contract for a dude that gets hurt all the time. Uh, if you're an Angels fan, you got to check out BetterHelp. Because <laughs> you, guys are, Jesus. you guys are going through it right now. Absolutely going through it. Mike Trout's hurt. Um, Otani's definitely leaving in free agency. You're probably not going to trade him, so you're not even going to get any, like, a prospect haul for him. Um, there's been times in my life where sports were a reason why I needed to talk to a therapist. Maybe that's not the reason why you personally need to talk to a therapist, but, uh, sports have definitely been a reason why I've had to talk to a therapist, but other reasons could be something like, I don't know whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, anything else. Therapy helps you stay connected, uh, to what you really want to help navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier that it gets. Uh, I, Coley, you do therapy? Uh, I've dabbled. Yeah, you dabbled. I've dabbled. Milliken still needs to dabble big time. Like You can just see it on his face. Badly need it. Um, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D, today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Jared. Um... Shout out to BetterHelp. They're the best. Uh, any uh, final thoughts from you, Tyler? Um, hmm. I think, yeah, just the promotions, I think, in the minor leagues today were really interesting. To see Blaze Jordan finally get the call Congratulations up. Congratulations to I Coley. I know there are some concerns Congratulations there. Congratulations to I, Coley. I understand it. Yes. He, Deserves it more Thank than you, anyone. Coley. But Thank you, Coley. Of course. That Homer Blaze Jordan hit today, by the way, was incredible. Yep. Thank you, Coley. <laughs> Hashtag thank you, Coley. But I, I think the biggest one is uh, Luis Perales going up to high A. What he's done the last couple months has been nothing short of incredible. Uh, and I think before long, he's going to be the clear number one pitching prospect in the system. Could be by the end of this year. Uh, but that's kind of what we're seeing play out in front of us right now, and I don't know. I don't know how that doesn't get you excited. He's only trailing Shane Drohan at the moment, so 
I I'd expect him by the end of the year to be the next arm everyone's talking about and waiting for. Um, Jeremy, any final thoughts? Uh, nothing I could think of other than I'm looking forward to uh, Tyler's next haiku. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, he's always going to improve. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, J Dog. It's not his fucking name. Um, Coley, do you have any second final thoughts? Um, I want to. I kind of want to see this catcher starting like Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not <laughs> off the table. I mean, Heim works in mysterious ways. So he's old enough. Oh yeah, have you heard about uh, like how bad Matsutake Yoshida's contract is? I mean, whew. yeah, I did hear about that actually. That guy, <laughs> those rival GMs. I heard that rival GM just fired his heading coach in the middle of the season. That's a real shame. I think um, I think we're <laughs> due, Coley, for that that interview that Heim promised us in his office at Fenway. Oh, well overdue. Yeah, should have done it before the draft, honestly, because he didn't listen to me about James Wood. And I could have really like told him who to take this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's other rounds. I'm sure that you have other players that you're eyeing right now. Would you rather talk to Heim before the deadline or after the deadline? Ooh. <sighs> Probably before, because I could I could really like load my off season thoughts onto him there too. And it's all, yeah. you know, it's all just one connected uh, web. So I, I think before the deadline would be best. Okay. We need to make sure that Jake's out of the hospital before we. Yeah. What happened to Jake? He's sick. He had the flu. Oh, okay. He was dehydrated. He was sleep deprived. A whole bunch of stuff. I wonder why, why that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But he um, he's battling right now, so hashtag Jake Strong. Well, Jake, I just I know he's listening. He loves Pray for show. Jake. Yeah, I just I just beat pneumonia, uh, so he can he can for sure beat whatever he has. Wow, there you go, Coley Strong mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not about me, it's about Jake. Hashtag Jake. Hashtag Jake. <laughs> All right, uh, enjoy the. All star break. I don't know when. When are we back? Like, do we still do a fucking? Do we? We don't. Do we not do a podcast next week? Next Sunday, right? Sunday. We'll be back. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll be coming off the Cup Series. Coley, did we do that for Section Ten? Did we just like not do a fucking podcast during the All Star break? Probably not. Um, I can't remember. Doing one for the All Star. Like last year, we didn't. We didn't. Like a preview. That doesn't seem like something we did. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I feel like we did like first half awards. Law. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Who cares? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do one at some point. But I don't know. I fucking fly back Wednesday, and then uh, Thursday. Maybe I'm gonna go get a tattoo, and then. Friday they play a game, so right? Yeah. Friday they start? That's Yeah. Yeah. All right. Correct. We'll figure it out. Don't miss us yeah. too much. Kyle Teal's debut. Yeah. Yeah. Big Teal. Big Teal making his debut this weekend. Um all right. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. Buenas noches, amigos.